welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 102. Um, yeah, here we are, 102. About all I got for the intro. Uh, mm-hmm. Hunter, beer. It's not it's a not... beer whatsoever. This oh, is okay. something Brink. that I, yes, I, I whipped this up today and I'm very happy with it. A slight uh, twist, um, a very predictable twist if you've been following my drinking lately. Um on something I had last year made with the catering place, the, the, uh, Coquito, which is a, I believe it's Puerto Rican. I, I, this is horrible, but I can't remember if it's a uh, Peruvian or a Puerto Rican. It is. Yes, it is Puerto Rican. Those are not similar countries at all. They just have vaguely similar names. Um, I get it. That, that drink, uh, sponsors the Fiesta Bowl. Really? Okay, you're pulling my leg somehow. Something's going on. It's a really dumb joke because it kind of sounds like Tostitos. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's dumb even for you, Chase. I, I respect it though. Also, also a college football reference. So, <laughs> yeah, like that, I'm the only one who follows football, but I don't really follow college. So, yeah, that's that's where you really lost me. Um, so it's basically a bunch of different kinds of milk and coconut. It's evaporated milk, condensed milk, coconut milk, uh, cream of coconut. Uh, and then some cinnamon, vanilla extract, um, and then it calls for white rum. However, uh, I put in black rum, which is one of my new favorite things, much to Cass's chagrin. Um, and I think that really helps because that you know that rich molasses flavor definitely complements the the creamy coconut taste. And uh, I'm very happy. Is all I'm saying. This is like a lot of milk. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. very creamy. Well, it's, it's very much like. A um a slightly lighter uh, coconut eggnog is is really what it tastes like. Okay, it sounds actually quite good. Oh, it's amazing! I would bro- it's, it's great. Yeah, I I see the 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 dark rum in it. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really surprised that the recipe calls for white rum. It's I guess that's just like the traditional. Also way to surprised. Make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, don't think it's something I would enjoy all that much, but hey. <laughs> Teach their own. You love your creamy beers, but you do you just not like creamy drinks? I don't like coconut. Oh yeah, mm. that's weird. Right, right. Because we were talking about yeah. how uh, you know you like pina coladas, but you don't like coconut yeah. in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. weird. Also, coconut shaved ice, really good. Have you ever just had? I'm sure you've had coconut. You just yeah. not like coconut flakes. Yeah, no, coconut I hate milk? coconut flakes. Like I coconut hate water? coconut milk. Don't like coconut water. Don't like literal physical coconuts. Um, I'm really not that big a fan of tits, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Kim Petras. I'm a little playing. more into boobies. More of an ass man. <laughs> I could not believe when I first heard that song. I was like, that is one of the most like thinly veiled innuendos I have ever heard in a song. <laughs> Which song is Which this? Song is coconuts this? by Kim Petras. It came out this fall or late summer. Hey, you're, you're more up on the times yeah. than I are. <laughs> well, the main you chorus listen is, to this uh, young, young person music. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. her, the main chorus is literally uh, my coconuts. You can put them in your mouth like that. Oh, yeah, that, that's pretty thinly veiled. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's a lot more to add on to that as well. God, I like the... Um, this is really a bit of a throwback, but uh, what is it? Like the Britney Spears song, If You See Gamey. Or like, If You See Gamey. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that one. Ah, uh, it's great. I, I really like 2000s music, but I'm just not... It's probably one that if you played it for me, I would know it, like the yeah. tune of it from a mix or something. 
<laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with the song on its own. No, no, they they just got around uh, like is it FCC regulations uh, by like saying if you seek Amy, but it's like basically F U C K me. Oh, oh, interesting. Um, oh. yeah, got that one. I I I got a chuckle when I first realized that. Um, because I, the lines in the song yeah. don't make a ton of sense until you put that together. Mm. Yeah, it's like reading a text message from my mother who uses like like voice to text. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. So you have to you have to say it out loud to actually understand what she's saying because the voice to text mm. did not pick up what she was saying properly. <laughs> so if you say it really quickly, then you can kind of like figure out what uh what she was meant. I yeah, guess that's that makes what the sense. song is trying to do too. <laughs> a lot of people who use voice to text don't know that you can put punctuation in as well. Yeah, but then half the time it'll just say like period. <laughs> it works well for me. My my yeah, phone knows my voice well, I guess. But yeah, Cass, when you're talking about I think this is also Hit Me Baby One More Time is Britney Spears, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, I've heard about that song that well, first of all, it's if you know anything about, you know, the production of pop music, uh, you know that a lot of it, especially the very like, you know, what you think of as the mainstream pop sound, is very much uh homogenized from a bunch of like Swedish and like uh you know northeast northwest European people who like pump out the lyrics and the tunes. And so I heard from I believe it was a reputable source that hit me baby one more time was a bit of a translation error that they meant it to be literally like like they thought like by saying hit me baby they were implying like text me like send me a text or like one more time whereas it's it has a little bit more of a flirty vibe um, than they were going for initially like hit me back kind of deal yeah exactly right that's that's what they intended it to be mm. uh but that was kind of because of them not having english as their first like lost in translation yeah. yeah even though britney spears is very american yeah i know that a bunch of like a bunch of shakira's like first english songs like she had no idea what any of the lyrics were or like meant mm-hmm. she was just like making the noises that's, that's um, interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. like she didn't speak any English, and like I know my mom did like the same thing when she first moved over from Korea and was in like chorus in like school. It's just like yeah, I have no idea what any of these fucking words mean, but I just need to make the noises. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, that's great. Moving on here, Chase. What do you what do you got? Uh, I'm drinking one of those Fieldhouse uh, Nectaron Motueka hazies. Mm, quite good. Yeah, yeah, and I actually I looked up how to pronounce Motueka, so mm. I hope I'm pronouncing that right now. Yeah, we were saying more like Motika before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it seems like a four syllable word from the very quick research that I did. Um, and also Are you saying possibly Motueka a, now. What Motueka? Oh, Motueka. Okay, I see what you're saying. You you, you spread it out a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like it a lot. It's good. Very. Uh, Heavy in the hop flavor, but yeah, nice. we've talked about the the beer on the podcast before, so I won't go too in depth. Yeah, um, I'm drinking a very uninspired beer. Got a bunch of lucky loggers from one of the members at the golf course. Ooh, big um, logger guy. They're not they're not very good, but hey, free beer, cold beer, my beer. Um, you know it. And I got a uh, I got a sax like koozie. It's, like, made of, like, old, or, like, not old, but, like, extra underwear fabric that they had from the shop. Or, That's like, funny. whenever they were making it. And, yeah, they made a beer cozy. 
Yeah, that's um, pretty sick. You sent me yeah. a photo of that the other day. I'm like, oh, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sick. That is um, you have sacks for your beer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there was one that, like, had a more classic, like, underwear, tidy-whitey, like, shape on it. Yeah. That makes sense, which, like, would have been funny, but, like... That one's cooler. It doesn't. Yeah. It just has the Saks logo. Yeah, exactly. Um, It needs, like, a ball pouch. Like, that's, you know, what makes Saks Saks. You need, like, a a tab pouch. I haven't looked on the inside, but, yeah, I'm not seeing anything. The, um... I know, it's funny because, like, the design that I have on the beer cozy, I have a pair of Saks underwear that is, like, the exact same color scheme and very similar design. Um, So, yeah. Matching beer and and underwear. Yeah, exactly. I was like, now I can be ultra-degenerate and sit in my room in my underwear and drink beer, and my beer has the same underwear. Um... Yeah, yeah. Instead of the you know the really put together look you're putting on for us right now in a unicorn onesie. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I woke up a little hungover this morning, and throwing on an actual outfit seemed like too much work. So I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Cass, when I was out there uh, last year, granted these would have been probably used up by now, but I really should have bought you like a case of like whatever the biggest order you can get of Pedialytes is. Because I've been telling you, you need to get all that Pedialyte, and you just won't do I don't, it. I like, I don't, like, I, I very rarely wake up hungover anymore. And, like, I was Help is not a term that Cass knows. <laughs> <laughs> I also wasn't, like, it's not like I was brutally hungover this morning. I was just, like, slight, slight pain coming from, like, the back of my head. Like, just felt mm-hmm. kind of out of it. Like, I, like, I wasn't, like, dying. Or anything. Well, just yeah, like, but, ah, I don't feel great. True, but then at like, you know, 9pm my time, so I guess 4pm your time, you came into chat and were like, oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, it was like... enough to make you still feel it hours later. I also no. got a text message at 1 in the morning last night saying, get your drunk ass online. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Did you get online? No. No. Unfortunately. Tony and I were, Tony and I were trying to Valstack. Then I realized I don't have any account that can play with Tony. Unlucky. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking I might do something that I've been wanting to do for a while, but just hadn't, you know, got around to it, which is that my dad doesn't play a lot of comp, so I have a lot of time. He actually hasn't played comp in a long time, so I have plenty of time to just play Swift plays and stuff. I might make a shotgun-only account because I, I would love to, you know, get better with shotguns since I feel like I'm far better than the average person at my rank at using a shotgun, but there are still times... That I need, I wish I could do better. Spe- specifically with the Bucky, it really takes some, uh, you know, precision to get the most value out of it. I don't think precision and shotguns have ever been used in the same sentence before. Well, that, that's just because <laughs> you you failed to realize how you know important it is to be patient and line up your shot just right with the Bucky to maximize getting those one taps when you're not absolutely barrel stuffing. Enter get- the outlaw. Oh, yeah. Yeah that's, yeah. yeah, that's another reason I'm thinking of it, because if the outlaw does come to the game, um, you know, I, I do want to be ready for that, because I think I'll really enjoy that gun. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's been no more information about it other than, like, one single leaked screenshot yeah, makes me think it was, like, at least very early testing. Yeah, my guess is if it straight up wasn't happening at all, Riot would have clarified that, so as, you know, so people were not as disappointed. But... I was also thinking about the fact that I believe they said they normally start developing their skins like a year ahead of the skins releasing. 
and they I'm guessing they probably want to launch the outlaw with a really cool skin for it because obviously it's you know it's free money for yep. them. So like even if they had the outlaw ready to go or you know somewhat far along, they also need to wait for the skin team to catch up with that. So that might push back. Hey Hunter, what's your current are you DVP VTech at the moment? Uh, yeah, I've been that for like months. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just couldn't remember what you were at the moment. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck! You do have more Bucky kills than I do this act. <laughs> yeah, I've been using it a decent bit. I would have been really yeah, surprised yeah. if you had more Bucky kills. I have mean, you wasn't there a podcast where we looked it up and that, it, that was not the case? E- probably. Maybe. Yeah. Well, because I it was probably no, like really just, early like, in the act. Yeah. 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 Well, there's just been a few times this act where I've picked up. A Bucky from someone else who bought one, mm-hmm. um, and, and got then, a kill with it, and got got a kill or a few with it. Um, I've never purchased a Bucky, <clears throat> at least not this act. But yeah, um, okay. The Bucky actually leads well into first topic of the day here, which is uh, what are your what are your go to strategies for eco rounds. Well, I think the worst strategy is doing the same thing you do on a non-eco round. Mm-hmm. Full agree. Hard agree. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, you just got to do something different. What if and I do so, the same thing I do on an, a non-eco round, but instead of an op, I just have a marshal? Terrible. Why? <laughs> I've never seen Cash do that. Instead of the body. I, 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 I think that obviously not, obviously not terrible, but it depends on what the rest of your team is doing. If you doing the same thing that you do every like every round influences your team to do the, all the same thing and like set up on the same sites yeah. as normal, then I think it's a very bad idea. Mm-hmm. But if everybody else is going to push out A, you know, on defense with, with their stingers, and sheriffs, and you're gonna hold a marshal down B long, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. But as long as you like calm that and say like, okay, well, I'm gonna play passive here. I'm gonna play my life, right. uh, but I'm, I'll I'll take this first initial like long angle peek with the marshal. Um, like maybe you get a pick, great. You know, now it's mm-hmm. a four v five, and that helps you in the eco round. But you know, you don't you don't want to influence the rest of your team that's not calming in a, you know, random comp game to uh, to continue doing the same old when your guns are not the same old. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's actually funny that you mentioned that because while I, I hard agreed at first and in general I do, there is one thing that I like to do on eco rounds as a way of setting up future rounds. And that's that if I'm using a particular strategy, um, most commonly would be, you know, rat angles or even more commonly than that. The main thing is if I'm flanking aggressively on defense, it, let's say that I've had success. We're around the middle of the half at this point on defense. I've had success a couple rounds, you know, flanking kind of, you know, methodically, not just booking it, not in full send, but like having a really good timing flank. Then I'll, I'll already be thinking in the back of my head, the other team is going to start adapting to this and they're going to start catching me out for doing this. So frequently on an eco round, what I'll do at that point is I'll say, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and do this, like, you know, amp it up a bunch. So like, you know, if I was walking to flank before, I'm just going to, as soon as I see that they're not on my site, just going to full sprint into, you know, to try to get that flank. And, you know, either 
that surprises them because, you know, it's faster than I've been doing it before and they're not ready for it. And now I can really swing the round or they are ready for it, but they see that I'm still doing it. And so it makes it, it now in the next round, the next gun round, I'm now not flanking anymore, but they're worried about me doing it. And they're devoting resources to preventing that from happening. So sometimes if I've been doing something successfully, I'll do that one more time, even harder on a save to then stop doing it for a while. I mean, I was thinking while you were saying that that could be also a bad thing. Um, like I see what you're saying where mm-hmm. you're going to then not, and they're going to be more worried about it because it like establishes, like really establishes the pattern. Right. But wouldn't you rather the thing that you've gotten a bit of cons- like success out of in full buy rounds, uh, not be established as a pattern. Oh, just not having, right. So if you, you just like place? definitely mm-hmm. like you just definitely don't, uh, like flank in this instance, right. In this example, yeah. Um, like you got a couple of like full, in, on full buy versus full buy, full buy, you got a couple of picks by by flanking through in the middle of the round. Um, mm-hmm. On the eco round, which you're most likely to lose anyway, don't flank. Oh, it's to break the pattern is what you okay? I see Bra- you're yeah, break break the pattern in a in a round where if they are checking for you, you're probably more likely to lose that fight anyway, and you're yeah. more likely to lose the round anyway, and kind of keep that in your back pocket for, okay, well, this is something I've gotten success with on a round that we are likely to win. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah. Or, well, I, I feel like that easily gets like thrown aside though. When the other team is thinking like, Oh, well, like, yeah, they're on an eco. So they went for some other plot. Right. And that's just like, yeah, but out of sight, out of mind, maybe a little bit like uh, obviously yeah. you doing it a couple of times and getting success they're going to be more concerned about it already mm-hmm. but if you do it on the eco round too and you're being like all loud and proud about it then they're really thinking about it right into the next full buy round whereas yeah. right right you know if you do something else then it's you know a few minutes removed uh, a round or two removed from the last time you flanked and yeah. it's it's going to be a bit less in their mind for whatever play they're running next yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm thinking about it from the perspective of like, you know, playing a lot of Killjoy in the past. And if my team, you know, if if I get caught off because someone flanks when I'm not really ready for it, maybe my my uh flank watch util was a little bit further into sight, so it wasn't getting that early warning. Um and then, you know, that causes problems. Then I'm going to re you know, I'm going to adjust where I'm placing my flank watch utility and maybe even stay back to try to play off of it. And if there's one round that passes where someone doesn't flank, I don't then immediately stop doing it. And if I do notice that it's a save round, even more so, I'm going to be like, oh, well, they're not going to do it on a save necessarily. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of, the way I'm looking at it is I kind of feel like it's more worth it to have them invest resources to stop a play that I'm not going to do for a while versus, you know, saving for one more time of doing something that's worked when at any point, you know, and you don't know what the point is, but at any point they could counter what you're doing. Sure, but you don't know how what they're devoting to, like, right. to wash the flank there, right? And is it something that they were already doing anyway, like, and you were just winning those gunfights before because you're kind of catching someone off guard? I, I don't know. Right. Um, but I think in the end, I would rather, like, have them not be worried about flank and get value about flank, like, by flanking, than not flank and have them worried about somebody flanking. No, 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 I kind of like the not flank, but have them worried about somebody flanking. Well, yeah, I guess in, in general, yeah. I like setting precedences that force the other team to expend utility 
for effectively nothing, right? Like the agree, it's yeah. the same same idea of like opping angles off barrier drop is like yeah, B garage isn't isn't free. Like you got to expend utility if you want to take this angle. Um, whereas like oftentimes you'll see like and like I'm guilty of this myself when I play Cipher on like split B site, right? But like, there's a lot of times I just give them B main for free. Um, whereas, like, if I set a precedence that like I might be there on that angle, like you can't just walk in here, right? It's like maybe they now have to use a Phoenix Flash or a Sky Flash or whatever it may be, um, or like a Raise Nade or something, right? The it's difference just, is like, the kind of utility, though, right? Like that's active Flash utility to clear an angle, which I think is very useful to to waste that. Um, but watching flank, it's most likely sentinel util or post plant somebody watching it, which yeah, I think is less important. Right. If they don't have a killjoy cipher chamber, right? Then they have to. Somebody has to be manually watching that. But aren't um, they going to be worried about that? Whether or not you've ever flanked in the round. Well, like, like if, if it's post plant, no, they yeah. should be worried about all avenues. I, I guess, but even, like, there there are times as, like, well, when I'm playing Cypher, and, like, the enemy team literally never flanks, like, I might not even put my trip up on flank. It's like, they're never fucking coming here. I can use my trip to, like, hold CT, mm-hmm. or, like, hold something on site if I don't have to waste it on flank. If you guys are never coming flank. Um, yeah, but then you still should devote a pair of eyes to it, at least. I well, don't know. You, like, there, there are definitely yeah. times where, like, I... I can't think of a situation in which it's bit me in the ass yet where I elected to not put the trip there and instead use it for post-plant stuff. Well, maybe um, you, like, very quickly realize, oh, like, we hear the three people left alive or we've seen the three people left alive not flanking. Yeah, I mean, at that point, that obviously... And know. so then that obviously, like, you then have the trip to, to utilize to your advantage there. Uh, mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily need to watch behind you because you've seen everybody else in front of you yeah um yeah but in in the case where you like somebody could be rotating over from the other side of the map and they could choose to either come flank or to come all the way through like their own spawn Mm -hmm. um like i feel like all angles you either need util or eyes on like in any round whether or not they've flanked before yeah but i'm saying if the enemy team is like literally never flanking like it's like what you're you're playing b site we just hit A. There's no fucking way they're running all the way around. Right? Unless they've flanked before. Unless they preemptively pushed out a B. Like, that what map are you talking about here? I missed that. Long. I don't know. It doesn't um, really matter in my head. We, yeah, kind we've of kind of, of just... Like, right. I, but again, I don't think the map really matters, but mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking of a scent in my head. Right? It's like, unless you preemptively pushed through B, like, say you're playing Boathouse or Market or something, Right? And you get the call, hey, like, they're, they have A, they're planting A. Or maybe you yeah. don't even get the call, and the spike's you just could, fucking down. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what are you going to do, go run tree. all the way up to top cat? Often people do that. Often. I would say more as a change yeah, of pace. I'm not sure if I'm often saying if people true. do that, yeah. then they do that in general. Right? But if the team is never fucking coming top cat, then, like... I mean, I think you you should have something watching it. It's not that far to get from like arches to to flank instead yeah. of tree. Like, obviously, it's much quicker to get to tree. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing mid or or market, like 
you know, go, getting to flank on A is not that big of a deal. Sure, but then the other thing is, like, if I'm alive as Cypher, you're probably assuming I have a trip there. Which is usually a very safe assumption. So it's like, do I really want to go, like, do I really want to waste all that time to get over there only for them to know that I'm flanking anyway when I have to break the trip? Yeah. Like, that's just so much time lost on the round. Maybe I could actually help my team by us three pushing out of um, uh, a, a tree instead of them two pushing out a tree and then one person doing dick all on the flank. I'd say it depends on how many people are alive on, on both mm-hmm. sides. Because uh, if there are three yeah. of us alive and, say, three of them alive, I think it's it is valuable to take one of them off of watching um, Market or Heaven, or a mm-hmm. Tree or Heaven, um, to, to go watch you while your other two uh, teammates can try to take some space on site. Right? It, it takes a man off of that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to back up real quick and realize that I didn't necessarily use the best example when I talked about being Killjoy against someone who's doing my strategy and just repositioning my Uto slightly. Because in that specific scenario, I'm not necessarily giving up a whole bunch. Because if we flip it back around to what I actually do when I'm flanking is, first of all, I'm, I was really thinking of playing Yoru when I was mentioning this strategy. Because if I'm playing like Brim or Sky those are not great agents to flank with just because you're far better off playing with your team. So especially a solo flank is often a bad idea in terms of being able to use your util effectively. Um, so I was really thinking of Yoru, and Yoru is really good at bursting through the uh, flank watch setup or overwhelming one person on flank watch or both. Because if I break a turret and then send my decoy out, there are certain moments where the decoy is like gets more value than others, and that's one of them where it gets a lot of value because the person swings being like, oh, someone just hit my turret, and they're like, oh, there he is, <laughs> and shoots it. Right. So like, it's often not just they have to reposition their util slightly, but now the Killjoy may not even want to go to site with the team and might want to... I'm picturing bind. Uh, they might want to just hang around in short for a bit to try to catch me before I'm actually at her util. or to And, you, you know, there's some value in that otherwise as well, but like... You know, I, I'm thinking of more significant changes as well that could be forced by me breaking down the setup and, get, and getting the kill on the person who's holding it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that as well, the other thing that is that, you know, on the save, we're kind of talking about a scenario where we were, we were talking about afterwards, but also I think if I really aggressively push that flank when it's been working, that does help or it has the potential to help convert the round. Because by doing this very risky play that they've, you know, played against poorly so far, but, you know, taking it up a notch, I think that really helps shift the percentage to win that save in our favor. Because if they continue to poorly manage it, then, you know, maybe their Killjoy's having a bad day and they're still trying to 1v1 me on flank and I'm winning that duel. Now, if I can break that open immediately, that all of a sudden, you know, has the potential for us to really uh, increase our win percentage for the game by winning a, a save. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, in the, uh, you know, on the lines of, of mixing it up by going stronger, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I The part that I specifically disagreed with was the, because I'm not going to do it in future rounds, that I want them to think that I am. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Right, it looks like we're going to have slightly different opinions on that, but I'll 
I guess I'll, I'll I'll think about it more because like it's kind of just what I did. Maybe I'll, I'll reconsider some things because it, I just I'm saying I'd kind of rather be there than have them think I might be there in in certain situations. Yeah, I obviously what obviously once I show presence somewhere else, they they know I'm not there any anyway, right? Like yeah, it, it doesn't matter at that point. But like before that, I I don't know. Yeah, I guess for me, the, the, the big reason why I think about it this way when it comes to flanking in particular is that flanking is so much more effective if the enemy team is not expecting you to do it. Uh, therefore, I feel like regardless of when you decide to cut it off, it's important to get value out of flanking and then stop doing it at least in the same way uh, for a while and sort of let them cool off for a little bit. And so the question is, you know, do you stop just when you fail or do you want to do what I'm just talking about, which is sort of preemptively um, trying to create a more favorable situation rather than just, oh, well, they were all waiting for me this time and now I'm not going to do it because I don't think it's going to work. So, so that, that's kind of how I'm viewing it. But, but I see your perspective on that as well. But do we yeah, want to broaden I, it back out to other people's strategies? We've talked a lot about my, yeah. my one idea for, you know, save rounds. I mean, I'm probably the easiest. I usually just buy a Marshall um, and just be like, oh, well, I'm going to try to take a longer range duel and I'm going to try to use the scope to my mm-hmm. advantage and click somebody in the head. Um, but I don't know. I, I, outside of that, uh, like when we're on attack, I'm definitely a big fan of uh, we all buy stingers and come hell or high water, we're fucking walking out onto this site. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, Brim Molly on the ground? I don't give a shit. Go through it. Oh, everybody's at 20 HP? Well, guess what? They're fucking five of us. Um, yep, and we're gonna get some gun upgrades. Exactly. Like, somebody's getting a fucking gun upgrade. Um, yep. Unless you just get obliterated. It which, oftentimes like, yeah, ends up in, like, a 2v4 <laughs> with people at 20 HP. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, yeah. you know what? Like, yeah. But you, you like, got bombed again, You know, that, that kind yeah, of thing. You're, you're on a save. Like, you gotta take risks. Like, you have to go for the high-risk, high-reward play when you're on save. Yeah. Because if you try yeah, to play normally, agree. unless you're just going to dramatically gun or just, like, skill diff the other team with, like, worse weapons, right? Like, yeah, sure, it's possible. Maybe you've got a fucking cracked aimer on your team with a sheriff, and they... Just hold whatever just, angle they've always yeah. been holding and just hit heads, you know? The, yeah, and they just pop yeah. a few melons. Like, your team's able to push up, get some gun upgrades. Like, yeah, sure, it's possible. Um to just skill diff the other team, but, like, you're, like, you're, you're way better off going for the high-risk high reward play, and I feel like I like the, uh, I like the, there is nothing stopping us from taking this fucking site. Um, yeah. And if everybody dies, so be it. We were probably gonna lose that round anyway, and... Mm-hmm. Except for like, a sage wall. Huh? <laughs> Except for a sage wall. Well, even then, yeah, it okay, down the fairly time, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like unless like the sage wall goes up and like, like almost like preemptively, and you and haven't fortifies even gotten, before. Yeah, yeah, and fortifies before you can even get to the angle. Then that's a little brutal. So um, that's where contact exploding helps a lot, so that they don't. Yeah. Go, oh, here are all the footsteps. Let me put up the wall. No, but there are definitely some times where I've done that before, and like nobody made any noise whatsoever. Nobody got any info that we were there, and just, like, right as we're about to get up to the angle, the fucking sage just drops a wall there. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, like, oh, like, wall. It's like, because they like, were waiting yeah. for footsteps, but then they're like, well, I haven't heard any comms from the other site. 
That's and a smart play. I don't hear them here. So I'm like, let me just put it up. They're they're probably like contacting it somewhere, right. either here or there. But like, you know, by the time they contact Explode on the other site, my wall is useless. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so, yeah like uh, I don't know. It happens every once in a while. Yeah, like a sage is actually really good at stopping that exact strategy between mm-hmm. the wall and the small orbs, and that's kind of all sage has. Um, yeah. But yeah, the. Uh, I don't know, just, yeah, in general, like, I find that if there are five people rushing through a Cypher setup, like, the Cypher setup's probably not going to hold them off. Also, it is significantly likely that even if you do go into the Cypher or the Killjoy, that is the quote-unquote weaker side of the map in terms of bodies. Theoretically, I'm not sure that people... Theoretically, yes, like, not, not, not necessarily all the time, but, like... Like, when we were playing Bind, for example, right, where there's two sites and no mid, like, it kind of makes sense to have your Sentinel be on the site with two people, usually. Definitely, yeah. Right? Obviously, you're going to want to mix it up from time to time. But, like, it's like, oh, well, this agent has really good utility for stalling them out. Um, We should fortify the other side in case they hit the other side. We've got the stronger defense there. Um, yeah, in particular, I think you should probably play your Sentinel on a site bind with one person and then have three people be on defense. As a general rule of thumb, obviously many cases yeah. where you would want to mix it up. I find that, at least for me, I find that Cypher's Behold is better. True, true. So, yeah, if you if you have a better setup on B, then that's fine. Yeah, that's why I, I say I very general I, rule. Right, right. Yeah. I find that I usually... Or, well, it's it's more likely that I'm going to get value out of my B setup um, than my A setup. Yeah, like, actually, oftentimes... Yeah. Like, it's not that Cypher doesn't have any good A setups or whatever. Right, it, right. It, It's just oftentimes I can't play in, like, super complementary angles to where mm-hmm. my setup stuff is because I have to be worried about some other avenue. And, like... You know, if the three of us are queued together, right, and I have to be worried about showers because my setup is covering short. Right. Right. Yeah, there's a chance they'd be like, hey, Chase or Hunter, do you guys mind just, like, holding down showers for me? Uh, and I'll deal with the short push. And then if we need to fall into showers when they take sight, we, we can do that. But, like, if you're just in a random ranked game, that's, like, a lot harder mm-hmm. to get somebody to effectively do. And um, I find that Cypher's just a lot more self-sufficient on b site. Yeah, I'm really retracting my statement because I was saying that thinking about, in theory, B-Site is the harder to retake, so it's better to have the extra body there. Mm-hmm. But as I'm, I think you mentioned Cypher, and as I'm thinking about it, Killjoy actually has some really good setups for B-Site as well. In particular, the Molly and Alarm Bot out of Hookah, making it just so awful to jump out of there and making it so that the enemies really have to come from along if they want to take the site. Mm-hmm. Um, really, as, as I'm thinking about it, probably... Killjoy and Cypher would prefer to be on B, and then the other two, the one Sentinel that kind of isn't, and one non-Sentinel that kind of is, I think Sage and Viper prefer to play on B. Sorry, prefer to play on A. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Viper is really good at holding down short, and I think the Sage wall and slows are a little bit better on uh, A site as well. Well, I know Viper with with an orb lineup to that one-way short, and then you run to, like, right outside of Hookah, that, like, box that you can be on top of, and then you throw your wall so that it cuts off Hookah, Garden goes through the teleporter, and then also cuts off showers. 
Yeah. Like, you can have Viper Util on all four avenues to site. Right? You, and then at that point, the can. Viper can be playing wherever the fuck she wants. Um, and just needs comms from her team on which one she should have up at any given moment. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to really prefer the Viper setup where you have your orb, no lineup required, a short, and then you have your wall that cuts off both hookah and long. And then, sorry, Kuka and B-Long, and then you just leave showers open. Um, mm. And I think the reason is that I think but Viper has a lot more escapability. If she wants to pre-fire and throw down mollies in A-Short, she can go through lamps and get out of there. Whereas, like, Viper probably should not be committed to playing in Hookah. She could throw a molly now and then, but, like, you really don't want her to have to jump out of Hookah while the enemy team is rushing her down. Uh, oh yeah, I agree. Like someone else there, Uka, yeah, like, fight more. So that's you, can, you don't in, have to be in. Uka, you're not in. You could be an elbow. You could be B long. Yeah. Or you well, be I guess I guess I really think the Viper mollies are not as well used on B long, just for the potential that if you just like drop your stall utility on B long immediately, I think it's less valuable than any of the other chokes because of how easily they just hit the teleporter and go to A. Which, like, you know, is some value gained, but I think it's far better if they're planning on pushing a short and you gum that up and they're just like, ah, shoot, we, now we don't have much map control and, you know, we don't know what to do versus the quick pivot through TP to showers. Unless you have, okay, like, well, some trap play there. Like, there can be, of course, all of this is very contingent on what the rest of your team is doing. But I just think in general, Viper being an A short is just great. What about this? you play B site, but then you've got Molly lineups? For a short, <laughs> sure. Like, sure. Like, I, I, I think I'm just not considering a lineup potential here, Hunter. <laughs> you see, did you push up your glasses as you said that? Uh, I yeah, yeah. Away from the screen <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, yeah. The trick is you play Viper and you just have a lineup that goes to literally anywhere that yeah. anybody shows up on the minimap. See, that would be a very interesting hack if, like. It would just show you exactly where you needed to point your crosshair to like land a molly anywhere on the map. It like just modeled the trajectory for you. So you could like see on the mini map based on where you were pointing where your molly would land. Like no one would really it, yeah. it'd probably take a while for people to realize you were using it because they would just assume you knew all these lineups. Don't they have that in custom games for Viper? Oh, well, you should, what you're talking about is that you can see where your orb is going to land when you throw it. Oh, yeah, in, right. in uh, like, practice range and... Got it, got it, got it. ...customs yeah. and stuff, yeah. And then people use that because it has, like, the same trajectory exactly. as, like, Killjoy, Nanos, and, like, okay. Yeah, right. And KO Nate or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why, like... Yeah, like, they should just give you, like, line up stuff like that. When yeah, yeah definitely. In, in the customs with cheats on, like, yeah. you should absolutely be able to do that for... For mollies and you know cipher cage and whatever, mm -hmm. right? It just shows you on the mini map where it's gonna land. That would be cool. Yeah, no help yeah. in finding lineups. Oh, there was um, I I I'm sure there's a much simpler lineup than what I was using. Yeah, but uh, to get one of the one way lineups to cipher on C site Lotus, um, I was fucking around. I'm just like ah, like I don't know how to Google this to try and find the right lineup because there's a way more popular one way that a bunch of ciphers use. And if I type in one way seaside Haven, that's the one that's coming up. Yeah. Um, but like I wanted both of them. And so, yeah, I just had to like go in and fuck around and figure out like, Oh, okay. Like, Oh, that like bounced off the structure just like a teeny bit too high. So like, okay, I just need to aim like a little bit more towards the like sky or whatever. And then I figured out the lineup, but it required me to have my cam placed 
because I needed the little icon that shows up above your E bar with mm. like the I. Mm. Um, so like I can't throw that lineup unless I have my cam already placed. Interesting. Which I was like, ah, oh, this is just kind of like awkward. Yeah. Um, not that like it makes a big deal because I probably have my cam placed anyway. And you looked yeah. at the screen, there was no other icon that lined up with anything useful that you could have used? No. Like, yeah. there, was, there was nothing. I was looking around, and I was just like, oh, the rest of this is just, like, in the middle of nowhere on the wall. Speaking yeah. of uh, Cass and cams, there's a, on uh, uh, Sunset, Cass has a cam that's so good that we should probably not talk about it on pod. <laughs> we need to keep that, that under wraps. But it is actually insanely difficult to spot and was winning us rounds and making the enemies really suspicious of us. Yeah, yeah. Chase, I don't I don't think you were there for that, but it was Sub to our Patreon to get to, to yeah. find out it was, what it is. It was um Hunter, Alex, and I <laughs> yeah. playing a game on Sunset. Mm-hmm. And I had a cipher cam for a main um that the other team could not find. And Alex was just playing halls or elbow yeah. or whatever it's called, right? Yeah. And just swinging off my cam. And Cass uh, wasn't pinging or anything, so they had no yeah. clue they were being spotted. It, right. It was... Yeah, because, like, they, they'd yeah. creep up, and then they'd clear, like, as soon as they started to turn their head to clear, like, the close side, which you can see on the minimap as the character model turns when I have my cam pointed at them, Alex would just pop, like, just swing out of the angle, just one tap and go back to cover. <laughs> yep, that's amazing. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they, like, consistently, every time they went A, they were, just had no idea that I had a cam on that angle. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they hadn't seen any of my other util or heard any of my trips, because my trips were deeper sight. Um, and so yeah, they just had no indication that I was there, and just kept like thinking this like the Reina was like hacking. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> the very last round of the half, um, and this wasn't even directly while Cass was looking at them in the cam, just that he knew that this player was you know there with the team. But there was just one person left, and we were like, "Oh, where did he go?" It was the enemy Sova? And there was just a smoke that was was placed, and uh, I forget if it was Cass or Alex says, "Oh, I think he might be in the smoke." And I said, "Let's see," and whipped out my brimhole and just wrecked <laughs> him. And they were in did the you get it. Would you say they were? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. then in text chat, the enemies like... were like very sus. They were like, "How on earth did you know he was there?" Like they were very clearly insinuating that <laughs> we were using walls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, I had seen the Sova in my camp. But during the action and Alex deleting other people, we'd lost track of where the Sova went. Right. But I was like, okay, like, my cam sees sight. Like, we had someone so flanking as well. So, like, there was very few places he could be since Cass Yeah, yeah, like, we had team. some places. So it was like, okay, like, yeah. so he didn't fall back. He's not on sight. You gotta the be in that smoke. Here, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the only thing here is the smoke. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they, yeah, God, that that was, like... It's such a good cam, too, because, like, to be able to see the cam in the first place, you have to push, like, pretty deep towards orb. Um, And when you're towards, as soon as you push up toward towards orb, like, you now need to be, like, very worried about anybody swinging you from elbow. Right. Um, and so, like, it was just very hard, like, even if they knew where the cam was, like, it'd still be very awkward to safely clear. Yeah, because you can't pre-fire the cam when you got an Alex who's pre-firing you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not going to end well for you. Um, do you mind if we wrap back to the save topic, or is there more about my my little sidebar? No, you can no, you can wrap back if you got yeah, something to cool. say about it. 
Um, yeah, I did want to bring up one thing in particular because we were talking about uh, strats on offense, but moving it over to defense team strats, I, I, I do. I was somewhat um, not happy with the strategies we ended up using on uh, Lotus in our premier game because there were two rounds where we just five stacked a site and pushed out. And I really feel like it's okay to try that once because maybe the other team just isn't good at communicating that, oh, there's a bunch of footsteps in front of us and maybe they have egos where they're just like, ah, we win these. And so like, it definitely can work, but I feel like it's far better to have, if it's a two site map, you might do like, one person on the other site and four on the site you're pushing from, or if it's a three site map, really depending on the situation, sometimes a one, one, three, sometimes a one, four, because that allows, there's a couple things that that does. One is if they're not going to where you are with your five stack, having the, uh, the person elsewhere allows you to have info. And it also allows you to have some amount of map control. Whereas if you just give up the other site completely, you allow the other team to, you know, get set up wherever they want and you have no idea whatsoever. And also if you, if you have this, like teams are familiar enough with the idea of the five man eco rush that I think what you often will find is that that one person can get at least a kill because when the team sweeps site and no one's on site, if you're just off site, just kind of hanging out in a corner, one person is going to get bored and just like push through there being like, oh, no one's here. I can go like hold CT and see if they're coming from there. And now you get that kill and a weapon upgrade. And right as you're doing that, maybe the rest of the team is coming around. Like, I, I think it's a much better idea to not have everyone, you know, pushing together. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, generally I agree, but I don't know if it was you that was calling this or, or uh, Oliver that was calling this. Yeah. But oftentimes you called like the pushes were called from the site that I happened to be at. Got and it, there wasn't enough time for me to rotate off and set up on a different site. Yeah, I so was trying like, oh, to say, well, let's we're... push out of this, not meaning all of us, but trying to... Yeah, yeah, but you like, like, like let's push right. out of A, and then, like, yeah. well, I'm the person who would be the solo guy on the other site. Mm. But then yeah. you hold it when I'm standing next to you on A, I don't have enough time to rotate over to hold the other site. And then everybody is like, oh, okay, we're pushing out of A, and we'll rotate over because they're the people who are going to go for the push. I will say though, um, Cass, I don't know that it necessarily does have to you be you to. No, be, it doesn't necessarily right. need to be me, but it's like I'm the one who has no utility to help the push. Right, it has right. the best utility to play by myself on the other side. Yeah, the other and part so it's is like, definitely I think true. That call just yeah. needs to be made sooner or about a site that I'm just not at, because right. it takes me almost the entire pre-round to set my shit up. Yeah, I was going to say that the first part I totally agree with and wasn't considering that you don't provide much value for the push. But I think the other side of it is I almost think it's better for you to not have any setup or like maybe a cam that they're not going to see because you want to sell the idea that this site is abandoned to help them get careless and hopefully push into your rat position. Whereas if you have your Cypher set up there, they're going to be like, oh, well, Cypher is here. Let's find him. Most likely. Um, so I feel like it, yeah, it might be optimal like... to not put any trips or cages down. Yeah, but, like, re like, regardless of whether I do have my setup there or not, right? Yeah. It's, like, I'm the person who's most likely going to be that solo guy. Sure, sure. I, right? I, I feel, I'm in full agreement with what you're saying that should be called the call, Yeah. The call just needs to include, like, possibly a, hey, Cypher, go play over. Hey, Brim. Right. Like, you know, like, hey, let's push out except for blank, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, you, pl you play C, kind of, kind of, you know, there's a little bit more detailed. 
Um, but I, I think the four one works that you were talking about. Yeah. I really don't like the three one one on a site, interesting, and like a three map site uh, on an eco round because I think that three people isn't enough for the push out. I feel like it really um, depends like, on the map, and especially like- if that site is a Lotus. Yeah, three people pushing rubble is common on full buys. Yeah, I think I think on Lotus it really depends on how the other team is playing because I think if the other team is using blast packs, Yoru TP, Omen TP, Jet Dash to quickly cross to rubble, so that therefore now you know your your attention is split, then I think that you really can't use three people on a save. But in this in the premier game, they weren't doing that. They were they didn't really have any quick way to get out of that choke point um, of lobby. So I think util dumping as we're moving up and then taking the fight, they were all going to be right there. And in that case, I think it's fine for to have free people in particular because of the fact that they're most likely going to back off a bit when they hear all of us stomping up because of guessing that we're doing a hard commit. I mean, yes, but I just think that three people is too common that it's not enough of a mix-up for a save round. Well, I think it's, it's not a mix doing up for something us. completely different. Like, I, I see what you're, where you're coming from, but I, I feel like in general, the way we were playing and the way we generally play is not to commit all three people to pushing up to lobby. Like, we might have one or two people push up and one person throw supporting utility, but we, in that game and in general when we play Lotus, I feel like we rarely have more than two people push up to lobby on a buy round, but you know, maybe that's something we should just do more of. And then that makes, yeah, but that's also because our, our, our comp has no raise, has no fade. Right. Yeah. Like, like our, our, our comp doesn't have the, the standard util you would want to do that with to begin with. Right. Right. Um, exactly. But like, well, I, know, I just think aside, that like three, like... three lesser guns it on an angle like that, where you're most likely you're hoping to run into a stack, right? Like that is your yeah kind of best, scenario on one of these rounds is you'd like to have as many of your people there as possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so you know you, you want the three people that are immediately in your vision to have five targets and then you can you know spray them down with your you know lesser guns yeah i know i i, I also like the idea of we don't push shit and like we've got i don't know i'm a big fan of like Four shorties boathouse. <laughs> yeah, I've like never anyone. once had it work for me. I really like the call yeah. when we're doing it. It never works. Yeah, but I, it has I, never I, been successful. But for, I like at the, least uh, in, in the game. I, I've seen the clips. But right, right. It just doesn't just work like, yeah. like that. Or just like yeah, but in general, like like it doesn't have to be boathouse. But like, just everybody just like full ratting it out on like on site or just like somewhere pretty deep that like. You know, they're not going to find any resistance on their way into site. They're going to be like, okay, cool. We have, a, like, we sort of have site. We just need a clear back site or whatever. And then they swing into, like, four guns. People just, like, stacked up in, like, ratty angles back there. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. nobody uses, like, any utility or anything like that. Like, I... Because in both scenarios, you're gambling that they come to where you are. Right, and I feel like the, like if you're going to push, like, like how I, I guess the question is like if you are going to commit to like a push somewhere, you need a manner to like section certain people off from the rest of the team, which yeah. we don't have based off of our team comp 
really. I mean, maybe if, like, Chase had some, like, weird brim lineup that, like, you know, we time it such that, like, two people got past the initial choke. Right. But now that brim lineup's there, and we put a smoke on it. And so it's going to be really hard for those two people to get back up. Like, that can be worthwhile. But, yeah, I feel like if you're going for a push like that with the weaker guns, like, you, you really need a way to section off certain members of the enemy team. And, like, at least on Lotus, the comp we play just doesn't have that ability. Yeah, I think I think my idea, though, is that if you... Basically, the push out of a lobby can be stalled with a variety of util if they're not using movement utility to cross to rubble to allow you to get up to pretty close to lobby. And then at that point, not only are you, are you in a closer range fight to where your eco guns are less of a liability, but also there's a lot of util that can be used to then slow down reinforcements coming from lobby, whether that's flashes into lobby, whether that's mollies, you know, whether that's initiator util. Like, I, I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of, while we haven't necessarily done it successfully all that many times, it's definitely happened to us a good bit, or I'll say me specifically, where I'm on a full buy and the other team just kind of, you know, sends it up there. And regardless of them eco guns or not, they're just able to very effectively make it difficult to leave lobby. Yeah, but also, like, that's fine. If, like, you're like, oh, shit, there are four people here. Yeah. You just fucking leave. I feel like, like, you want to trap them, right? Like, it, it, it's, like, the right. same thing as, like, the initial, like, util barrage on, like, uh, what's another site that has that, like, very commonly done on? Um, I mean, split garage, maybe? There's frequently mm, a lot of util. Dumps. I guess, like, you know, like, ascent garage? Yeah. Right? You know, you get, like, the... Uh, like, the shock darts, the raise nades, like, this Soba's spraying through it with Odin's and stuff like that, right? It's like, if you yeah. run into that, and, like, say say they're doing it on an eco, so the Sova probably has, like, an Ares, right? Um, like, you're just gonna leave. Well, I feel like that kind of goes to support what I'm saying, because, like, there's three scenarios, right? One is where you're pushing with the three people to Lotus Lobby, and the other team just gets out faster than you're ready for, or you don't coordinate your utility very well. And now it's all five of them versus you three or, you know, four of them or whatever. And you just lose the fight. Like, that's the concern that Chase was mentioning. And like, it is a valid concern. Option number two, which is the best scenario, is where you're able to section a couple of them off. Maybe some of them just weren't there to begin with. And you're able to get a couple kills and weapon upgrades. But then in the third option, I think it's somewhat likely to happen whether you have three people or five, which is that they are slowed by, you know, slowed getting out of lobby. And they decide this is a save. This is likely a stack. Let's leave. And then that's where what comes into play is what I was saying earlier, where now you have one person on each of the other sites to hopefully get some really ratty kills and cause, you know, confusion on both sides as the people who are flanking either continue to flank or threaten the flank while retreating. Because the big thing is if you five-man push there, like, that's very common. Oftentimes, maybe you get a kill, maybe not, and the team's like, let's leave. And now you just, oh, basically, yeah. your chance of winning the round oh, no. has just gone down exponentially. Well, for the record, I fully agree. I think the five-man push there is a fucking awful idea. Yeah. Okay, so we're in agreement about that. The question is just, yeah, do you need I, the 4-1 or the 3 one, one. It's, yeah, it's I, all I, about I, that. I don't the necessarily think the push on... I don't necessarily yeah. think the push on A is a good idea in the first place on an eco. Okay, okay. Because, I like push out B, possibly. Yeah, like, I, I feel like the push out A on an eco doesn't do you a whole lot because... On an yeah. eco, we don't want them to leave. Right? Like, you can make the, like, on most full buy rounds, right? When you've got a yeah. more spread setup, 
right? It's like, yeah, we don't fucking want you guys A. Like, if we can take away A, it's like, okay, great. We can now reinforce the other sites, leave one person to, like, maintain A lobby control, um, and then we can have 2B or 2C or however you want to go about it, right? right? And, like, on a full-buy round, like, that's actually pretty effective when you can just deny them all of Rubble. But on an eco, I don't think that's that's worthwhile. It's like, on an eco, I feel like you want to be stacked up, but you want them to push in. You want them to push in to the point where they can't very readily back out. Because, like, you, you'll see it happen a lot when, like, you know, it, like, even in, like, full-buy rounds um, and stuff like that, like, if you, like, hard push, like, a main on on a scent or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get stalled out by, like, uh, that sage wall that we were talking about earlier. Um, or whatever other util is there. Yeah, you often... And then it's like... Point. Well, yeah, but it's like... It, if everybody's here, it makes leaving kind of awkward. Oh, right? yeah, definitely. Like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of ratty spots in mid someone could be in. We don't know how far pushed up someone is. We don't know if someone pushed through B Garage. Like, someone could be in our fucking spawn. And then, like... Yeah, but I, I if you're, not if you're in, yeah, if you're in a lobby when you get stalled out, right? Like, it's like there's still some time to spread back out and you didn't give the rest of your team enough time to realistically push up into ratty spots. But if you stall them out, like, right on the entrance to site, or if you even let them in, like, let a player or two into site and then get those kills, like, even if you don't drop bomb, like, it's so much harder to back out of that now. Like, it's just the farther they get towards the site itself, or even into the site, the more difficult it is for them to then fall off. And so I feel like when you're on an eco, and they're going into your strong side, you want them as pushed up as possible. And now, Lotus is kind of awkward with the breakable door, because they can always just break that door and go into B, or they can, if they're pushing C, they can always open that and rotate to B as well. Like, Lotus makes it a little awkward. Uh, for that, just because the attackers actually do have very quick rotates between sites. Um, that they don't need a lot of map control to effectively fight for. Um, like, yeah. one smoke is all you really need to cross to breakable, or vice versa. Um, so yeah, I feel like Lotus is like an awkward site for that, but like, in general, like I feel like on an eco, you want them pushing into you, uh, where you're stacked. And so I feel like you don't want to necessarily deny the May control. Yeah, I was initially like saying yes, I do like the the like heavy stack push on a save, but I, now I'm kind of coming towards what Cass is saying. Of I kind of like I don't necessarily like you know five shorties in rat angles on a site because what I was trying to say earlier that I never was able to get out was uh, oftentimes it doesn't work like you know. Cass has theorized where you know you're you're playing rat angles they get onto site oh there no one's here oh now there's four people staring at me back site right someone's right. peek yeah. someone on your team is peeking before that and so then what happens is one person peeks they realize oh there are people here and then they go and they effectively clear the entire site with better weapons um that is much more likely from you know my experience but i do like pretending like like not putting up that big of a like like that much aggression on the push end to get them a little bit onto site, not necessarily on site, but yeah, pushed up from that initial angle where you can then effectively fight them without a quick rotate off being, you know, accessible to them. You see, I, I see, I see the idea like, and I think that 
situationally, it can be good. But like as Cass is describing, map features are going to change things. Um, the biggest thing that's coming to mind for me is that if you have a more defensive setup where you're like either going to five-man stack one site or going to like 3-1-1 or 4-1 or whatever and just, you know, sit and hope that they come in and then attack them, they, I, I feel like in that scenario, it's just much more... Uh, it's just much more uh, high risk, high reward, I guess, and also difficult to balance. Because, like, if you do a 3-1-1, those three players might not be enough to actually stop the site hit. And then if you're doing, like, a 4-1 and they go to the site with the 1, then you've just lost the round. Yeah, Whereas, it's like, oh, you're, you're no, losing you have the, the round same, anyway. I'm saying you have the same weaponry, 1, yeah. like, as, as if you were doing the push out. Like, I'm not saying you buy shorties here. I'm saying you buy stingers still. And you you just don't put up initial aggression. I agree. Like, if we go back to Lotus, you let them get to rubble. Let them take rubble and then do, like, a, a coordinated five-man hit with some util. Right, right. Um, yeah. Just so they can't back out through main as easily, right? Yeah, and I think if you have um, three people with stingers on a site versus a five-man hit, I don't think the odds of winning that are very good. But the odds of winning any save round are not good. Yeah, yeah. They're not great, like, but like I think I think if you have whether whether you want to say the four one or the three one one, I think if you have the the more people doing the aggression and the other people playing like the complementary ratiness, I think it uh, significantly increases your overall chance to win on average. Obviously, depending on how the game is going, depending on the map, it can vary a lot. But like I think you stand a, a lot higher chance of winning the round if they're not where your stack is versus the defensive thing. Obviously, you have to assess, based on how the game is going, how is the attacking team going to react to a fast push from us? Do we think so we're going to be you, able to effectively yeah. you know, win those fights, or do we think we're just going to lose because they're really good at those? And like, that's really the key factor. But are you, are you trying to say that it's better to have them quickly rotate off? If, you like, if you're playing 4-1 and four people run up and they go, no, fuck this, we're going C. Like, that's... Yeah. That's the better option because I yeah, absolutely don't works. think so. That's, that's a, so bad. That's that's the better option than a defensive setup where all of them hit the one. Because person then you're, you're putting all sight. of your hopes on that one person to get no, a you, weird ratty kill. No, you're really not. Like because basically the one person is giving them the sight, whether uh, and the rest of the team after you've made that initial push, you get to make an important decision: do we continue to push this or do we back off? And either way, there's going to be some uncertainty on the enemy team as to what exactly you've done. I mean, I guess not if you just continue now, to now push you, you have Now you but have like, a 5v5 retake where they have full buys and you have worse weapons. Yeah, why? No, no. You want them to push into your stack. What the fuck? Well, I mean, okay. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, time out, time out, time out. I've heard on this podcast. <laughs> no, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they push into your stack and commit to the push, that's the best, that's the best scenario. Like, let me, let me be clear. Well, it's, yeah, so what Cass and I are saying is that we're just trying to get them to not have the option of not committing. Like, you wait you wait the couple extra seconds for them to take a little bit of map control on their push, okay, yeah. and therefore can't back out. Yeah, let me reword like, I'm, I'm saying, saying. I, don't, I don't like the rat on sight. I like the in-between, you know, not initial aggression and not hiding until they've taken sight. Right, and I guess I'm trying to, I'm trying to say something a little different, which I haven't necessarily said all that well, which is you want to put your your stack in the best position possible to win the round if the other team is coming to that position, whether that means them pushing or routing on site or playing in normal spots. It depends on, you know, the situation and a lot of factors. 
And then I think that the aggress versus defend, the aggress gives you significant options to win if they back off or don't come to that site. Whereas the full passive, you're gambling on them committing and you're gambling on having enough people there that you actually win if they hit you. Like, I, th- I think, th- I, I guess to, I think it's much more to possible gamble. to turn the tables when you're pushing aggressively with SMGs than it is to be sitting back passively on site, playing the round like you, you know, would normally do, but with an additional player and with worse guns. Like, I, I just don't think that's a great scenario. Uh, I, I feel like the, like, it, it, if you're going to try to push, right, and yeah. you're going to go for, like, a three-man push, mm-hmm. and we talked about how Lotus is a little weird, so let's look at, like, literally any other map, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, uh, let's, let's just take Breeze here, for example, right? Like, if you're going for a three-man push case... That's another weird map. <laughs> what? Okay, anyway, keep going. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, sure. Well, let's take split. You're going sure. for a three-man push A, right? Yeah, yeah. You're pushing out of A. You're mm-hmm. hoping... I Like, I think what you're hoping for there is you're hoping to catch the Cypher by himself. Just, like, throwing cages or just ratting it out. Um, or just kind of, like, yeah. poking and prodding on that side of the map. You want the Cypher there by himself if you're going for the three-man push. Right, so actually, you don't want the rest of the team to be there because you want to get that kill, you want to get that gun upgrade, you want to give that to to someone who potentially has the util to turn that into another gun upgrade or whatever. Yeah. Right. But if you go for that three man push and you run into five people all standing right there, or maybe even just four people all standing right there, you're probably fucked. I think you have a better right? chance now, if you're sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'm saying if you wait for them to cross up to ramps or push into sight. And then you three man run at them with uh with with stingers or whatever guns you can afford, right? That's a lot fucking harder for them to back out of that at that point. Especially if they go ramps, right? Like if they go ramps yeah. and you have and you can hold heaven control, and maybe you got a marshal staring down the angle towards orb, right? Like now now that's really awkward for them to back out of. Like that that's a way better scenario for hey, we ran into the stack. So either way your best case scenario relies on you gambling on finding the lone person or letting them push up as the, as the stack. That is definitely a scenario you haven't considered the lone person, but I fully agree with that. Right. It's like, you need to, you need to gamble to win an eco in the first place. Unless you're hoping to diskill diff them, which assuming it's a fair and balanced game is just not going to happen. Yeah. I think we all established that, 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 you know, hoping to skill diff and right. playing normally is the worst option here. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, not necessarily the worst option, but it's not a good option. Uh, but, like, on the same example, what I'm saying is, like, you can have a four-man stack on this uh, A-site split mm-hmm. ready to to push out. But instead of on barrier drop pushing out, you have four people uh, on top ramps. Um, you wait till somebody is about to swing top ramps and then push. All four of you, Omen Paranoia, what like pop flash it, something like that, to the point where they can't be like, oh, there's four people here, like quick run through sewers. Uh, it splits a bad one too because that's such a long rotate. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, we can look at a scent. That's the most vanilla map. Well, no, I actually, I that. actually like split because I had a slightly different idea. That I think what Chase is saying could work. What I was thinking but could I'm be... I'm saying, like, you know, take yeah. wait that extra second to, one, catch them off guard more that there are four people there. Because right. they might be thinking, oh, like, they, they might have stacked the other site. Right, you yeah, know, like they're not seeing anything. Those, those thoughts are starting to enter their mind. Right, um, right. 
but they haven't actually taken sight yet. Like they have no sight control, but they're a rat. Like they're coming into sight, and so they can't immediately back off for the rotate. And you're catching them off guard with still a four man aggressive hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that has a lot of potential. But the issue is just you being able to tell based off of sound more than anything where the enemies are. And that particular angle could get very messy if you don't know if someone is, if you're, if you're looking down ramps, if someone is to the, how many people are to the right in the corner versus push through to site versus still hanging back behind. Like that can be a, a very weird fight to take, but well, like maybe, oh, maybe you're two and two from, from right. main and from ramps or something like that. But well, like Hunter, it's a really good thing about a one way cipher cam for that angle. Well, that, that changes things, you know, that's very So helpful. I know exactly how many people are where they <laughs> There are. you go, right. <laughs> I was thinking of a slightly different idea, which is that if you know that they're, and once again, all of this is very conditional on how the enemies are playing. Like, if you know the enemies are putting a lot of emphasis on taking ramps control, you could have a Yoru or a Jet, someone cross ramps immediately before they can be spotted with minimal to no noise. And then you, or you could just, you know, run across, whatever. Either way, you get someone across ramps immediately. You have someone playing close on the other side. So you have the tight crossfire. And then you have someone peeking wider as well. So it's, a, it's basically a bait setup. The, you know, the person takes the first contact who's swinging wide. Hopefully they hit their shot. If they don't, oh, well, they're going to get run down. And now you have the crossfire from either side. Like that's, that's a much more passive play that could work really well if you know they're going to take ramps. Whereas what Chase says makes a lot more sense if they're not yeah. so much taking ramps and more just kind of going to orb and then to site and maybe one ramps. So, like, you know, uh, that, the other, it all depends. Yeah, the, the other thing that I like is, like, on, like, yeah, if you're playing, like, ASN, right? You put a guy behind Jen, put a guy behind Dice, you got one person ready to swing out of the presumed smoke heaven, and then you got, like, one person hell or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then off their entry util, or whenever you kind of get noise that people are there, right? You, like, you drop a smoke on the main choke point, and fucking all four people just swing. I don't think that has a very high percentage win rate. Yeah, that, that, that's the situation <laughs> yeah. I was saying I don't like. Yeah, because, like, they have better weaponry, and they're expecting people might be in those positions. So, like, I really don't think you have a high chance of winning the round if you do that. I'm not saying it's the know, worst like, idea. It's, it, you know, it's not terrible. Four people swinging at once with stingers? Like... I don't care what gun you have in your hands, you're getting overwhelmed with that. But it could be yeah, five of the enemy with person. vandals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, huh? it's, it's not yeah. one person that you're up against. So all four of you might be aiming right. at a different person. In which case, each of those are going to have a better 1v1 with a vandal than a cross site with a stinger. I, yeah. I think it is very unlikely that you run into that scenario in that context. Because... Number one, as you were saying earlier, they have, like, they know they're going up against an eco. They're thinking, ah, maybe they stack the other site. Like, I just know, like all four of you should be next to each other. Somebody's better. probably got Util in there. I, I don't necessarily think all four people need to be next to each other. Because then, yeah. like, one person with an Odin could delete all of you. Well, great. And it's the same, it was, so it was an eco. Out of the like, fuck it. Yeah, 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 sure. Right. But, like, we, we, what's the problem with having four people in, like, complementary angles or like two people gen two people dice like i however you want to set it up like it like i don't think that matters necessarily but i don't think you necessarily want to have all four people on the same angle one of those people gen is swinging a second earlier than everybody else tipping everybody off and then they're well, the, okay they're, they're that, that, but, okay like, but that's like, what happens like, okay uh, but like we're, we're talking about like like we're talking about optimal scenarios here 
Yeah, I, I think I think the key thing that we can all agree on through this whole conversation is that the most important thing is for everyone to be on the same page as to what should happen. Because I think whether yeah. you're pushing or whether you're playing defensively, you really need everyone to be playing in a complementary fashion. Not necessarily complementary angles, but you need, if people are pushing, the people to be ratting correctly, if we're doing my strategy, or if you're doing some sort of defensive strategy that everyone knows exactly when contact is initiated and how to support everyone else when that's happening. Oh, so it's not that hard over the mic to just be like, all right, three, two, one, swing. Well, yeah, in theory, but like with the thing is with those in, in the, that specific scenario, the attacking team tends to disperse so much oversight that someone might get peaked before the countdown finishes or just peak way sooner. Like when the countdown is complete versus other people. So like, there's a lot of ways you could end I'm up. Saying, not you, having don't, that you don't, peak. you don't necessarily wait for them to have, to push up that far into sight. In which case, why are you ratting behind those angles? You could just all be holding on sight and holding that at first angle. And I'll just be sitting outside Maine, smoke it off, and just <laughs> stand outside and smoke with the stinger. Yeah, like I could be sitting in the middle of sight. It's the same thing. Yeah, but like, I like okay, sure, like sure. If, if someone wants to be like on top of those boxes to the right, if someone wants to be by the like the switch or whatever, like I think that's fine too. But like the idea is, you want them. You want them to come in, or yeah, have somebody. Well, yeah, like, the idea is the that switch. it's a stack. I get that. Yeah. yeah, like the idea is like, okay, somebody's by the switch. It's like, okay, everybody, just swing off my contact, right? When you see somebody show, like, just be staring at your fucking mini map, and as soon as you see one of the enemy teams show up on the mini map, fucking Uto bomb that shit and swing. Right, right, but like, and then right as I throw my flash, understanding clearly how this should go, you peek directly into my flash. Like I don't know, maybe you should like flash off the back of the site so it can only like half blinds me instead of throwing it right at the enemy team so it blinds all of us too, you know? Just saying like maybe you could flash behind the rest of us. Well in that case you would definitely be staring directly behind us at the flash when it goes off. Well yeah, I probably had to turn one of their flashes. Right. Exactly. And therefore I'm facing the back as your flash. <laughs> right, that's, it always ends up that way. But, yeah. Okay, so we, we brought up Premiere a little bit earlier. Uh, we were talking about our premiere game. Mm-hmm. Um, one, we got fucking wrecked in the first premiere game this week. Yeah, uh, we were what zero and ten. Yeah, at, at the beginning, we lost the first ten rounds of the game. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. Uh, and then we FF so that we're able to uh, to like queue another one. Right, like we got a couple of rounds in there. I think we got four rounds before we yeah. decided to FF. Um, to make sure we had time to queue for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, because we were only going to be able to do like that that one night, right? So you know, Thursday night we had to get both games in. If we come back and it's like an overtime game at this point, then we've lost our ability to queue for another game, right? Um, so we get into the second game that we queue, and it's against the same goddamn team. And guess what? This isn't the second time we've played them. This is the fourth no, time we've played them. It is the fourth time <laughs> that our team has played this team yeah. in this premiere season. Not even throughout other seasons. In this season, we have played them four times. Yes. That is ridiculous. What fucking matchmaking system are they using? Yeah. Has Premier yeah. fallen off this significantly? It is. That is very possible, and that is what we were theorizing at one point. Like, well, we're is Premier just going to die? I, I think I think we should see a season after the holiday season before we make that judgment. Because I think a lot of people are either busy with holiday stuff, they're busy with like end of semester stuff, whether they work as a teacher or they are a student or just, there's a lot of things going on at the end of the year with their work. Like I think all three of those are relatively common scenarios, but do people have enough foresight to not register for premiere because of those things? 
I think so. Right? And is all of November and December included in that? Because I think in most cases, like, all of us are busy with holiday shit, right? But we have a seven-man roster. Most likely, one day a week, you can get five people in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think most people would think that, too, and want to still be on a team for the majority of weeks where they're not too busy in the months of November and December, right? Well, I think that's maybe, but I think there probably are a decent number of teams that have, you know, maybe they have four people who like to play together, or maybe it's three people, and then they just picked up a couple extras to fill out the team of, like, acquaintances and stuff, and then they're really scrambling if they even want to find anyone to fill those last slots. Like, we're very lucky to play in, like, a big enough group that we have... We, I mean, if, if the team could hold more than seven people, we would probably have one or two. Yeah, we'd probably have two more on our roster if we could, uh, Kevin and Tony. So, like, you know, I, I think we're a bit gifted in that regard, and other people might not be so lucky. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. i got to say there's so many fewer people in our division this time. I, was, I, I opened up Tracker yeah. to figure out the exact numbers, and I don't know where it is, unfortunately. But, like, yeah, like, we have... Yeah, I, I don't know. They're just, like, so many fewer teams. Um, and also, like, this is also kind of the first season where we've done very well. And so, yeah. like, I know you're going off of the, the the idea of, like, a Swiss format for matchmaking. Like, to a certain extent, it does make sense that we're going up against these, like, one team more often because yeah. we're kind of, you know, we're... The game is trying to put us against other be- other teams who are towards the top. Um, and it, it is true that uh, after our first game um, this week, we had the exact same win-loss as that team. Mm-hmm. Yep. As the yeah, team like, we played. So for our, for our second game, we were equal in standings. Yeah, I, yep. I will say one thing that I'm just realizing now is that we were talking before about like adding some people from that team so that we could see if they're queuing. Whether it's that team or a different team, if we have a game one on a day where we're playing two games that finishes with like 20 minutes or more where we have to queue for the next one before the hour runs out, and we don't want to play that team again, like if we absolutely dumpstered them, obviously. Maybe wait happen. 10 minutes or five minutes? Yeah, yeah, maybe wait a couple minutes because you know they're going to probably queue right away. Mm-hmm. Unless unless they're thinking the same thing, but like <laughs> I think it's somewhat <laughs> unlikely. Um, because yeah, that could very well ca- cause them to be matched against someone else and then you get to play a new team. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm seeing that there are 248 teams in our division, uh, and that's down from close to 700 in the previous. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it, they showed over 300 in Valorant for me. Are you looking in Tracker or Valorant? I'm all, I'm on Tracker, but also va- the Valorant standings have been bugged. Like our team is not even on the standings. Yeah, and not, neither are the top few teams according to Tracker. Like there is a team that is 11 and one, and they were not also they were also not on the uh, actual Valorant uh, standings chart. Yeah, I, I will say, though, I, I, maybe this is it's just really bugged, but I would tend to think that if Valorant listed, you know, over 300 teams and it's missing some, there wouldn't be less teams than what Valorant was showing in reality, because that would mean Valorant is yeah. phantom teams in the list, which would be really weird. I mean, either way, we're talking about a 50%... Oh, yeah, definitely a 50% decline. decline. Yeah. And in, you guys could be right that Premier registered. Is, yeah, like Premier could be dying. I'm, I'm just saying I'm going to wait till the next season to really feel like I have any idea on that. Or I don't well, know if it's like, dying or was it just a like initial, oh my god, Premier's in the game, everybody registers, and now right. like you know we've gone through a couple full seasons. This is the, the second the, official season. 
Yeah. And, and, and like people are just people not as interested, interested in it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and then, yeah, it's kind of awkward because you can't really expand the divisions much farther than they're expanded already, right? Like, we already have yeah, a they're pretty... pretty expanded. Yeah. I don't um, know what the official rank boundaries are. No one does. But, like, we played a team that was three diamonds and two plats. And we've all, like, there's also teams with, like, silvers and golds. Yeah, here's the thing. You guys were mentioning... Division. You guys were mentioning that. Well, yeah, the true on the low side. But on the high side, us playing a team with uh, th- three plats and... Was it three diamonds and two plats? Or, or yeah. Uh, three diamonds, a plat, and a gold three. Yeah, like, honestly, that seems totally balanced to us because... I'm not in our top five. We have four plats in an ascendant in terms of how it views us. Because it's no, but the, I'm we're not talking. I'm not talking about. But we don't have an rankings. ascendant. Alex I'm not talking about peak. ascendant as peak. I'm not, ranking. but because it was the immortal before ascendant existed. Tracker shows peak matchmaking rating. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about when it comes to oh, you're uh, talking about three diamonds ranking. and two plats. Okay. I'm talking about current in-game ranking. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Okay. So, which would which would be significantly higher than our current in-game rankings, which would be. Uh, a diamond, a plat, and three golds. No, a diamond, two plats. Yeah, and two golds. Because Kate's is plat. Kate's is plat. Okay. Yeah, but but either way, I was thinking it, of Oliver. But yeah, you're. Yeah. I, I suppose you could also um, you could also look at it as uh, they could. I don't know. I haven't looked at their tracker profiles. They could be all peaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's correct, but because I think they put us in. Yeah, I mean that's definitely PM. possible too. Of like they, you know, yeah. they've they've gone up in rank since the beginning of the season. Right, right. All of, like and there, yeah. it was more uh, typical at the beginning, but like still, well, it seems I mean, like a decently large. Like if you were to expand that uh, that range to like lessen the number of divisions, mm-hmm. yeah. it would be kind of ridiculous for anybody that's playing on like a gold silver team to go up against a diamond team. Mm-hmm. That's also fair. like I don't know, you know on the, the team that we're talking about in particular like Austrian Painter and uh, Slither are most likely alts yeah it's it's Japchai is the team yeah because they um... wow way to dox this team but yeah, also, I know. <laughs> yeah I don't think but also yeah, yeah like, fuck them this this person's absolutely a smurf like yeah I mean, yeah why are like, you Austrian Austrian Painter yeah. Yeah. yeah default default skins on everything uh, unranked to begin with, yep. and just dropping like thirty plus every game. Like, come on. Um, yeah, ha- has like a clear carry on this team being him, right? The uh, yeah. If you look at their their tracker team standings, like I think the tracker score is like nine eighty something over uh, like yeah, all nine, time nine seventy nine nine seventy nine. Their um, their their top rating yeah. is uh, not visible. Um, yeah, like top point, yeah, the five percent, like everything. ACS, <laughs> and, and we're not complaining because we're losing to this team, we're actually three and one against this team. We yeah. only lost that one game, we actually won yeah. the second Lotus game against them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like we're we are, I would say, the better team, mm-hmm. but this this one guy is obviously smurfing. Yeah, also, one thing that we've discussed, but not on podcasts, is that we're so close to it being an epic rivalry, because we, we're three and one, but of those, we stomped them once, they stomped us once, and we've had two overtime games. So it's been really entertaining going back and forth. The only problem is that while we, not like we're talking trash or anything, but we at least say, like, oh, hey, we're, we're seeing you guys again when we load into the match, they have said, like, 
three words to us total. Like, it'd be great if we could get some friendly banter going, given how much that we've uh, it, played together. They did not acknowledge yeah. that we were playing them again at all. Like, you yeah. know, first time you queue in, you're like, oh, hey, it's you guys again. And then second time, oh, my God, we're playing you again today. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Here's uh, the no theory. responses from anyone. Mm-hmm. They're all advanced AI. They're not real people. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fake people. Yeah, yeah. Out of the out of the four games we played against them, the only the only thing that they put in chat is when we FF'd, two of them said GG. Yeah, like nobody said GG in the game that we won. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, two of them said GG when we FF'd. Like that 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 was it. Um. But yeah, the. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is unfortunate because, as Chase pointed out, like they're just significantly fewer teams. Um, and yeah, like it, it's like I, I, I kind of get it in terms of uh, you know, there's just it, it was novel when it first came out, and these are the people that are actually like interested in, you know, still doing this. But uh, I don't know. It's it, it's unfortunate the numbers have dropped as much as they have. Because, yeah, like, yeah. I, I wonder I, if all the other divisions, or if it's, like, just our division that's seen such a significant drop, or if, you know, maybe the other divisions have seen more of a drop. Because mm-hmm. we're in the same yeah. division as we were in the last league. Like, we didn't change at all. Intermediate five. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, I can't really imagine... Um... Yeah, like, I'm sure, like, the, the top levels of the game that, like, it's, like, the upper divisions probably have similar-ish numbers. You know, Mm -hmm. I I guess they banned pros from playing. Yeah, Um, so I'm sure those numbers drop significantly. Like, you you look through the, uh, like, top of the uh, contender series, and you see no names you recognize. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of recognizable names before at the top of that, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, because they banned any any pros from playing. Um, I think it's tier one and tier two professionals and game changers play or I don't know if game changers players are banned or not. Um that I'm I, I mean sure I, f- I find it surprising that we don't recognize any names. I'm sure like if I went through all of the different um Yeah, like surely like, there's some streamers regions, there. there's some yeah. people that you recognize. Mm-hmm. Um like either they're streamers or like well, Hujin like, plays from here. He's in there somewhere. <laughs> Are, are yeah. the, but are, there have to be like tier two players that have fallen off. Yeah, like I don't playing, know how right? that works. Is it like you can't currently you can't have qualified for tier two in the last season where tier two happened, or like ever qualified for tier two on a team? I, 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 I think am. you can't be on an active roster in tier one or tier two. Oh, but that, what what yeah, qualifies as tier two? That's the problem, right? I, I, well, tier challenge, two like point, you're in challengers, in challengers, right. like so any open qual team they can any open qual team I think would be free game. Okay. Well, I mean, at this point, there are no open qual teams because the season hasn't started, right? Either you qualify yeah, but any 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 open qual team, like you know, any team that would you would expect to be pretty high up in the open qualifiers. You well, know, so you see, like, like ne- ne- the nearest airport squad isn't in here, though. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But like, that's how that's how you get into tier two now, isn't it? It is like, one way. This... Oh, right, I'm not right. really sure how exactly it works, but. I thought the whole there idea is some is sort of tournament that will be played yeah. with the winners of the Challenger League. Mm-hmm. Is it Challenger Contender of the Contender League? Yeah, uh, that will get you into Challengers, possibly. Right. I don't. Know. I, I I wish there was more like 
inter divisional stuff like that or like tournaments because like we got to see it with um like just the, like the Sentinels Invitational right where they had Oxygen and I guess Oxygen was the only like still tier two team because they had G two who's now in tier one and they had T one who's also in T one um nice yeah but uh mm-hmm. like it, it, it I I think it's cool and like. I, I think in general, right, like, there should be a Masters slot available to an open qual team. Um, like, I, I think that makes things way more exciting, right? Like, whoever wins whatever, like, the most recent tournament is at um, at the Tier 2 level gets to play against, like, say each region gets to send three teams, right? So if you make it to Grand Finals... Mm-hmm. Then you're you got an auto bid in. Whatever the third place team is would then have to play the winner of the the tier two scene to see who gets that third spot. Like I like I think that would be cool. Um, just to like have the potential for some Cinderella runs um, with like a tier two scene. Just like you know, I I don't know I, I don't know if I like it. I think it's cool to see in the off season like these these third party tournaments that get mm-hmm. teams from from multiple tiers. Um, but I kind of like that, you know, tier one is its own thing and they can, it has competitions within tier one and you can fight to, you know, ascend and get into tier one, mm-hmm. um, which, which is a really cool mechanic as long as they have relegation, which they don't have, but they should add, um, but like it, you don't see, uh, you know, a college team going up to play an NFL team. Right, like yeah. you, you can't you can't get a college team in the Super Bowl, like that does that wouldn't make any sense. Even if the college team is somehow better than you know the majority of NFL teams. Okay, but the problem with like, I I I think the issue with that analogy is like there is a an absurd skill gap between an NFL team and a college team, because right. like maybe one or two of the guys on the college team are going to make the show. Um. And you know what? Say you're a really good college team. You got a few more people. You got like five or six people that are going to make the show on the team. Everybody on the NFL team was that good. Like literally everybody on the, like any NFL team was a fucking all-star in college. Right? I, I feel like that's the problem. Whereas like, if you take... It's a base. Okay, but, like, when you look at Tier 2, like, the yeah. off-season tournaments have shown us that the Tier 2 scene is competitive. Pretty, pretty close to the Tier 1 scene, yeah. Yeah, right. like, of there's course. not that... And, and there, there's yeah. fewer people on each team, yeah, I get, I get the skill gap is less. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I, I was more saying from an organizational perspective, like, it shouldn't be, a po- like, a possibility that a team from outside of, you know, the pool of teams that are competing at the highest level would be able to get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's an easy solution here, which is just make the team that wins U.S. West Intermediate 5 go directly to uh, Challengers Tier 2. I think... Clearly, this is a division. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty good uh, U.S. West Intermediate 5. But, like, you don't... You know, the the people who get, like, first to fifth, they're, like, kind of tryhards. Um, and, you know, sixth, <laughs> they, they, uh, they're disbanding, I heard. So, team number seven should go. <laughs> yeah. How do you like see the rankings? How do you know that we're it's, seven? It's funny because like when you go to our team in Tracker, 
it says we're seven. And then when you go to the like leaderboard in Tracker, it shows that we're eight. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah, Tracker doesn't have it, it shit together either. Although it's actually possible the rankings are like changing as we're doing the podcast because people, like when we started podcast, oh, that is exactly what happened. Playing. Yeah, that is exactly what happened. I just refreshed my page. We went from seven to eight. Yeah, so Chase mm. was Chase forgot the fact that they're also banning Team Seven. So Team Eight yeah. from <laughs> Five US West directly to challengers. Yeah, uh, we're kind of T Seven, like we're tied with the seventh team. Yeah, I guess it's just round differential, but I don't know. Well, and six, we're T six, but it is round differential for mm. sure. Uh, I don't no, no, no. I mean, like it. our round differential is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Around right. oh, in terms of win loss, win we're in a three-way. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Tracker doesn't show it, Got but uh, it. the Valorant does. But yeah. Valorant also doesn't show our team. Got <laughs> it the other day. Also, what a what a good name, Pokemon Chokem. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of wrecking house, eh? Eleven and one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, th- theoretically, if we understand the way this is is seated correctly, um, it, presumably, as long as they're at least, I don't know, you know. 10 plus uh, bowls, I guess you could say, uh, of the different brackets is the way to really say it. I don't know why I said bowls. (laughs) As long as there are like 10 brackets in the playoffs, as long as we finish 10th or better, we should not face, you know, Pokemon Chokum or any of those other teams. If yeah. Yeah. Their their one loss was also to a team that we lost against. Oh, really? Yeah, canned pasta. They're not, oh, they're number 10 currently. But they've only um, lost two games because they just have not played. Uh, they could have played three more. No. F- yeah, they could have played four more. No, I, I'm doing math wrong. They could have played two more games if they had. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, but also, Pokem Chogum has beaten number team number three and four in this mm-hmm. league. So, Yeah, that's, that's more evidence that they are definitely trying to face people off at similar positions currently. Yeah, those were their most their yeah. two most recent games as well. Yeah, so it definitely seems uh, like it is important now that they're doing that for us to finish strong. Whereas, like, the first season, it seemed like they weren't as much, and it was like, oh, who cares? That's well, we don't know how they're seeding brackets still. Yeah. Uh, well, they I thought no they problem. clearly indicated they were using whatever method it's called. Is that Swiss where you do, like, you know, you, you go down, like, if there are 10 brackets, it's like... No, no, they're using Swiss for like regular season games. I thought that I thought that they confirmed that they're using it for brackets because that's why they said they now change the queue window so that you only have like ten minutes to queue so that they can like plan the brackets out ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, but like Swiss would Swiss would imply that the top eight teams go into one bracket, teams nine through. Well, okay, so it's not the Swiss. Next bracket, so it's not Swiss. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they well, specifically said they were right. trying to seed the brackets. They were trying to so seed the brackets. Matters. But they yeah. don't say how yeah. they're seeding them. Well, I mean, yeah. if, you're, if you're record, your record mattering sort of directly implies what I'm saying, no? Oh, no, it, de- it definitely yeah. implies that they are seeding them. We just don't know right. wh- whether it's the, like, teams one through eight or, or, you know, relatively and then et cetera, or if it's team, you know, one, uh, 32, 64, 128, you know, like that. Well, no, mm-hmm. because, like, the way I'm saying is the only way that you benefit from winning games after qualifying. Because if, if we don't guarantee that we're not going to play the, the, you know, the best teams if we finish as a top team, then we might as well not try after qualifying. Ooh. No, because it, the, the higher score you would have in the other way of doing it would mean the easier bracket run you have because you would be against... uh 
you know, quote unquote, lesser teams if you're at the top of the division. We are saying yeah, we are missing each other because I'm trying okay. to say exactly what you're saying, which, <laughs> which is that mm. we should be assuming, let's just assume there are 10 brackets. If we're in the top 10, then we will be the number one team in our bracket is, is what I'm saying. Not that that definitely will happen, okay. but that's, that's how mm-hmm. I'm suggesting it might happen. Yeah. So it, yeah. I, it will either happen like that or we will be against teams, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. I hope yeah. not because once there wouldn't be incentive because there's no additional reward for, you know, beating better teams. You just get the same, you know, card reward regardless of, you know, what tournament you've won. So like that's true, right? So there you would be, you'd feel better about winning by throwing after you qualify, which yeah, I think is I what think, they're trying to disincentive. Dis- disincentivize yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that yeah. the way that you're saying is smarter. But then we've talked about it before. But I do like the idea of there being like an actual winner for the whole, yeah, like, division. Like if you mm-hmm. won bracket one, you you won the thing, right? Right. The first bracket yeah. is the top eight teams, and then it does the thing where you benefit from you play play worse teams because of doing better. Yeah, also, yeah, I think it is like, like I, I don't know what the Goldilocks zone is for like premier rewards, but mm-hmm. I feel like it should be slightly more than it is now, but not like so much that people would want to smurf to get them. Yeah. Um, and like I don't know what the Goldilocks zone is because like obviously I want to win because it feels good to win your bracket or whatever. But I don't give a shit about the rewards. What if you got a special border around your account number Ooh. for like the next act? That could be cool. Yeah, I don't show my account number. Yeah, so you don't have to show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just but you could like, show your account number and you could see um, the like it's it's something a little bit different that not anybody else can get. It's not like you know just another title, just another like because I'm not using yeah. that fucking card or title. Because I yeah, think yeah, there yeah. are cooler cards and titles in the game. This is a separate thing. Right. Like, oh, I would totally you know, use, you can, <laughs> totally use that if we won. Yeah. At I don't least know, the like, title. Yeah. Maybe I'd switch out the cards. I wouldn't use I, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't use any of that shit. Um What? That'd be so cool to have that title. But if if, if there was a border around my like account number or like account level, then like that's a thing that yeah. it couldn't be anything else, right? That I would rather have. It's either there right, or it's right. not. It's a unique thing. And yeah, you can yeah, choose yeah, yeah, whether yeah. it's there or it's not. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's up to you. But I think it's cool. That would be like an extra thing that's like special for winning. I, I think I it should know, be that when like... you spawn into the game, if you've won, the announcer tells the whole lobby, uh, <laughs> the Yoru <laughs> on the attacker team has won <laughs> the most recent Premier Tournament. I don't know, like a gun buddy <laughs> or something would be better. <laughs> Like it can't be a skin. Do they have a buddy? Would be cool. I thought they did. No title or card. Yeah, like uh, like a skin would be too much. Yeah, I don't think a gun buddy would be too much. But like, I also wouldn't use it. I think there'd be too many. It'd be almost like it. It'd be kind of cool to have the gun buddy, but it it would Mm -hmm. almost be too uh, like diluted. There'd just be a lot of a lot of people have won these at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I, still I, not I many. Know. Like the the majority of people would still have not won them. So yeah, it would be it would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I don't know exactly what the optimal thing is. Uh, and like I'm sure I'm sure I brought this up at some point on the podcast. I know I've spoken with the, like about this concept to like Hunter in the past uh, off podcast. But like I I really like when they have like and like it doesn't work at all for a game like Valorant. And like I, I acknowledge that. But for, like, PvE games and stuff, when, like, 
there's a really difficult challenge to get, like, a really good gun. And it's kind of, like, at the point where if you are capable of completing this challenge to get this really good gun, you don't need the strength that this really good gun offers you in the first place because you're good enough to not... Like, like to complete the challenge, you're good enough to not need it. Right. Um, and that was the case with, like, the... There's a gun called the Black Spindle in Destiny, which, like... I, I, it was cool to have because it meant that you completed a a more difficult challenge um, on your own because you couldn't do it in like a team setting, like you couldn't get carried yeah. through it. And like I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and like I, I kind of wish there was something that they could have for a premier reward that is kind of like that, and a way to just be like. Yeah, I won this thing. I, I just feel like, as Chase is saying, like there are cooler titles, there are cooler cards. So, like I'm not going to use them. Um, I don't know. Maybe if your like knife got like a little glow or flare to it, or you could have like a special inspect or something like that. I, I feel like we're quickly getting into people would would uh, yeah 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 territory right, and I agree because it, it it's really hard to find the exact the exact level at which it like doesn't incentivize people to smurf for it, but it's still really cool to get. You allow the people. I who still win I still to... like the uh, like either the account level or you just have a separate emblem because Cast didn't like the account level because it doesn't show that already. Mm-hmm. Like you just have a separate emblem yeah. that shows while you're loading into the game that says like that you that you've won. Like, you don't yeah, have to yeah, say, yeah. like, winner of blah, blah, blah. Like, it should just be, like, a little, you know, crest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, a little crown on top of your name or something. Yeah, it'd be cool. Sorry, I mm-hmm. cut you off, Hunter. If you're No, I was just going to make a very dumb joke, which I guess I'll say since you asked, but I was going to say you should just allow, along the lines of a cast is saying, of earning an overpowered gun because, you know, you clearly don't need it. You're good enough anyway. They should just give everyone who wins access to a new gun. The uh, the Fandle, which is the uh, the strengths of both the Phantom and the Vandal in one gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, silenced Vandal with a bigger mag. Yeah, and one, and one shots at all range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that surely would be a good idea. So it would basically just be a Phantom, but at one shots at all range. Yeah, I guess that's true, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, that is true. I, well, I guess no, Vandal... and also it resets faster with. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna right. say I, I think the Vandal yeah. has better reset timing, but like, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you actually have a toggle on on the gun, and you can switch from phantom to vandal fire rate. Honestly, it would be so rad if you, if toggling it actually made you literally swap the gun that was in your hand. Like you just go, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you just like yeah. throw the gun behind you and just pull out the other one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things that Valorant has explored. So many different. Um, ways like skin lines and like ideas for animations there's one huge thing that i can't believe they haven't done yet and maybe there's some reason of like feeling like it was too visually distracting but this is exactly what i was picturing with that which is having a gun where you hold your hand out with like some sort of device in your hand and then the gun spawns into your head as if it's being like 3d printed or like appearing like you know some sort of like you know tech magic sort of thing kind of like a chamber alt uh, I guess, but that's that he kind of it kind of like yeah yeah I guess manifests yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like pulls that out of his arm more. Whereas I'm picturing this more like you see like the outline first yeah, of yeah, the gun okay, and sure, then it like sure. fills. I, in. I, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I feel like, like that's how I was picturing with Phantom Vandal. Yeah. Like fades away, new one comes in. Yeah. Okay, I, I never understood why games don't allow you to do this 
But like, why the fuck can't I have two secondaries? <laughs> the gentleman's buy becomes uh, Sheriff and Shorty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Why, why, why can I not purchase two secondaries? Like, Instead of I a get, primary and a secondary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I get why you can't have two primaries. Although it might be kind of cool if there was, like, an agent who had some ability that allowed him to get an alternate primary weapon. Yeah, this is this is the ability. Um, He takes whatever, where the ability is active, he takes whatever his secondary is, and equips a copy in the other hand, and then he fires both guns with one trigger pull. Like Salvador in Borderlands mm. 2. Here, I, okay. th- I think the ability is more like, you know, I'll one-up you, he gets three primaries. Um, no way! <laughs> you, have, you have the one that's, that's in your hand normally, and yeah. then if you hit a button on your keyboard, uh, you get another primary rifle. Uh, it's just, like, shortened, and you have to, like, purchase each bullet individually. <laughs> <laughs> And then the oh, third man. one, you can hit another button on your keyboard. Oh, this one's special. It only happens a couple of times a game. Okay, um, okay. I'm curious where yeah, you're going Yeah, but then you, then you get the one of the best weapons in the no game. No way. No way. Yes. Yeah, just the, uh, you, can, you can have all three of these active at the same time. Holy shit. That character, yeah, I'm calling it right now, that character would be busted until he was nerfed heavily <laughs> a year later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like the... Yeah, I guess Chamber can kind of do what I'm talking about, but, like, I don't know, it'd be cool if your E was a, uh, throw your pistol to the ground and pick up, like, a, a weapon that's on the ground. Like, like the F button? Yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah, like well, the <laughs> weapon so that's on the ground replaces, yeah. like, a primary weapon that's on the ground replaces your pistol. So I can have two vandals, effectively. Oh, or like oh, a vandal and a phantom. Mm. Or like a judge and a vandal. Or <laughs> a judge okay. and a But you have to be whatever. picked off, up, off the ground kind of deal? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, um, judge plus op would be filthy. That would yeah. be actually insane. Okay, but yeah. like... No, no, and like... Okay, but like getting back to the original point, like, I, I, I don't see why I can't decide to purchase, like... Just like, I buy a sheriff... But then I can just put that in my primary slot. Like, I never understood why first-person shooter games, in general, don't allow you to do that. It's so cool when they modded XCOM 2 to do that, because you can't do it in the base game, and I always thought the same thing. Different game, same exact situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have double shorty. It would change yeah. the meta a lot. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would make balancing um, the guns more difficult for sure because there could be guns that are too strong having both of them. Well, I guess you're still firing them separately. I, I, I would still kind of think yeah. of my idea where you equip both pistols at once and fire oh, them. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, no, I'm not. Like, I'm just saying that, like... I don't know. It's like I could have both, like, uh, you know... Yeah. A ghost and a frenzy. Hey, well, Jason, For the cost of... A, I guess that'd be like the cost of a Bucky, right? Well, Cass, think about my idea because that way you'd never have to mold about Sheriff uh, Dinks again because you're hitting two bullets in your head at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But no, that's definitely too strong. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I just don't see why I can't. I don't know that it is. Most, like, okay, not not necessarily as an alt, but like, why yeah. why can't I choose to purchase a? Like a uh, a sheriff and a shorty. 
And, like, I guess you technically can and just have to swap them out like, while they're on the ground, but, like... Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's probably more of just, like, a simplicity thing where Valorant has... One of its key to the design philosophies is while, you know, the characters get pretty insane, the basic mechanics of the game mm-hmm. are not as complicated as, like, you know, Siege or, in some cases, CS to try to make, you know, the onboarding easier for people. So, yeah. like, the... Added complexity in the buy menu to switch to buying the primaries is probably more than they'd want to do, even though it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. That that would be my guess. Yeah, sure. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't think it would like, br- break the game in any way. I, I I do think Chase was onto something about the double shorties. That's fucking expensive, though. That's 600 credits now. Yeah, I'm not sure if Chase is onto something about that. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely onto something. But also just, like... It's cheaper than the Bucky, and you get four shorty shots in pretty yeah. quick succession. There's still a, a bit of a delay between... Well, sure, but delay. less than a reload of a shorty. Yeah, but if you're comparing it to the Bucky, which is, at that point... I would rather have a shorty over a Bucky more. most of the time. Yeah, it, that's, that's another 50% of the cost more. Like, that's significantly more for the to buy a Bucky. And I don't have a sure. fucking Bucky. But the, yeah, the, and you don't the, have a bucket. The problem is, especially in the shorty's current nerfed state, you can get one. You know, you can get. There are a lot of kills you can get with a bucky that you're not getting with the shorty. Whether you're firing the shorty twice or once, like the bucky, there are. There's a significant window of probably like three meters outside of where two shots with a shorty will consistently kill that you can still one shot with the bucky. That's yeah. That's I just hate the bucky. Is. Yeah, just uh, I just I just don't I don't know that distance very well, and it's mm-hmm. hard for me to p- play for that distance. Yeah, and that's why I was saying I I want to learn that better because I probably know it better than either of you, but I'm still not perfect at it. Yeah, like I feel yeah. like even if I know that it's like slightly longer, it's I kind of know the angles I can play in safely with a shorty, or like the distance I need to close to play with a shorty more than I'd know how to do that with a Bucky. Um, so I, think I just I'm- get more. I get more value out of a shorty than a Bucky. I think every time I've pulled the trigger with a Bucky, I've gotten a kill this act. Crazy. So as far as I'm concerned, the Bucky one-shots at all ranges. (laughs) Sample size proves it to be true. What can I say? Hard to argue with that one. Um, I just wanted to talk about the onboarding, uh, because my boss at work has just started to try and get into Valorant. Oh, no way. Um, That's cool. And he messaged me the other day, and he's just like, okay, I fucking suck, but I can see how you get addicted to this game. <laughs> That's um, fun. Yeah, he's like, I, I, I can see how you find this, like, really fucking fun. He's like, but I suck. And, like, I was trying to explain to him, like, a bunch of, like, the game mechanics that aren't, if you yeah. haven't played CS before, are just not remotely intuitive. Right, um, right. Like, he hasn't played many first-person shooters before, mm-hmm. and the ones that he has played, like, you're accurate while you're moving, when you fire your gun, the recoil moves with your crosshair. Yeah. Um, and so he was just like, yeah, I mostly just bought it, like, bought SMGs and ran around and tried to shoot people and, like, noticed that the guns are not very accurate. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. you have to be standing still to, like, fire accurately. Um, which, like, I kind of just skipped the whole tutorial of the game. Not that there was much of one to begin with. But like, there's I kind not of a just, very big tutorial. The whole it tells tutorial. you how to crouch and jump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, that's what I was saying. Like I don't even know what's in it because and shoot like, a silver dart. Yeah, I, I know the mechanics 
of the standard gunplay just from yeah. having played CS before. Um, but yeah, like, I wonder how... I Like, yeah, I, I feel like they could definitely do some stuff to make onboarding of the game easier. And, like, uh, I've been pr- saying this for the longest fucking time, but, like, add a fucking campaign. Um, think a campaign would not only be really fucking fun, but also, like, a good way to get people into the game mechanics. I mean, yeah. for reference, like, I every time I bought a COD game back in the day, I would finish the campaign before I ever touched multiplayer. Um, As you know, the current COD game campaign is three hours long. <laughs> mm, is it? Three. Yeah. There's a lot of controversy because it really sucks. Huh. Yeah. But like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I always enjoyed the campaign for those games. Mm-hmm. Um, That's all I played on those games. I've never, yeah. I've hardly touched multiplayer. I've only played the campaigns. And like, I'll admit it's a little frustrating that there's either auto aim or no aim assist. At least in the, the older COD games. Yeah. Uh, like as, as far back as like, I don't know, Black Ops 2. I, I guess Ghosts was the last COD I played. Um, shit game by the way but at any rate like you either have full auto aim or when you aim down sights it just pulls your crosshair to the head um or there's uh no auto aim at all now if you're playing on pc that's a non-issue because you don't get any aim assist to begin with um but you're playing on on console like it was really awkward to not get any aim assist or sticky aim or anything like that uh but then if you played with the the setting on, it was like, well, now I'm not actually doing anything. Like, I'm not aiming at all. The game's doing it for me, so this is also kind of boring. Right. Um, but yeah, in general, I, I like, I feel like, yeah, a campaign would be a phenomenal way to, like, teach people basic elements about the game, and then you could set it such that, like, by the time you finish the campaign, right, like, you're, like, halfway or maybe even a little bit more to, like, what level you need to be to play comp in the first place. So it'll still force you to play a couple of unrateds or whatever to understand what the core gameplay mechanic of comp is uh, before just, like, throwing you in there. But I, I was having to explain a lot of things uh, to my boss that just, like, to me seem very intuitive and to both of you guys would seem like no-brainers. But uh, the game does not introduce to you any of these mechanics really yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff in the game as well that has so much complexity to it that it's difficult to figure out how we would even begin to talk about it because like on the one hand i think it's a little weird that the only character they show you how to use as Uto love is sova in the tutorial because sova is very much not a beginner friendly agent i would say um but also i kind of get what they're going for because it shows the potential of how you can put your util together and, and do some cool stuff. Whereas like, you know, it's also very obvious what your util is doing. Whereas like, if it's like a Phoenix flash situation, uh, like, you know, like Phoenix, you couldn't really portray how healing is important. Like the jet dash and updraft is kind of like, well, what, what am I going to do with this? So like, it, it's just tough to figure out. You, you definitely won't, don't want there to be the super long tutorial that people you have a hard time getting through to play with their friends. And that really is that really is the crux of the issue, isn't it? That you like Valorant is awesome with friends and so much worse without. Like it is truly a rough experience if you're trying to learn Valorant on your own without having played CS and not playing with friends. Like that's, you know, good luck to you if you manage to do that 
I tip my cap to you. I'm sure a lot of people have managed to do that, which, yeah, mm-hmm. is impressive. Well, I think it really depends on when they did it because that was basically what I did when I started. While I was occasionally playing with a couple buddies, I was mainly playing by myself. But that was when the game first came out. So, like, everyone was learning together. Like, the meta was so, you know, much less defined. And so it was so much more forgiving. Whereas now, you know, you got people in Iron and Bronze who have played, you know, 300 hours of the game. Which it just yeah. makes it so much more difficult yeah. to, you know, keep up with what's yeah, going Yeah, like, on. they're not good at it, but they kind of understand these things. Yeah, and they're like, going to expect you to as well and start flaming you when you don't. Yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. Iron, they're going to expect you to know not to buy round two or something like, like you know. Right. I don't know if they would expect that in Iron. Uh, I don't. Pe- uh-huh. People in in gold don't do it. So, yeah. but I'm there. I'm sure there are iron lobbies where people would flame you if you bought round two after losing round one. Yeah, right. who, who, I forget if I was playing. I feel, feel like I was playing with Chase rather than Cast for this one. There was someone in a game that we played recently, a, a comp, where there was a guy on our team who was suggesting that we don't buy round two after winning round one. Yeah, and I just and we were just like, no, no, you, you no, buy no, round two. you absolutely <laughs> yeah. buy this round. Yes, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Um, so yeah, like my, my boss was telling me that like in the first unrated game that he played, um, there was someone who noticed that he was clearly like brand new at the game. Yeah. Uh, they're like, okay, you have an account level of one. You mm. are clearly not, you, it, it's like very obvious from my uh, gameplay that you did not just make an ult. Right. Uh, right. And, like you're out, you're aware of how this game works. And so he kind of like coached him through like what to do as the game, uh, like progressed and whatnot. And so he was saying, he's like, that was actually really helpful. And he's like, I, I like, kind of had the opinion that, like, people would be assholes when you're playing oh, online. He'll, he'll this guy was actually really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I was saying, like, oh, don't worry. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'd say the online world is very similar to the normal world. Just yeah. uh, a little bit more accentuated with the assholes. But, like, uh, there's still plenty of perfect, yeah. plenty of perfectly, like, decent humans and very nice people. So, yeah. Right. Like, there are plenty of things I've done in real life that I'm really not good at. Like, you know, that's snowboarding or that that's, you know, playing tennis or whatever. And I've done plenty of things where the relative amount of success to my, to the expectation is far worse than what I've done in Valorant and never gotten flamed IRL <laughs> when, like, I've gotten flamed in Valorant for much less. Yeah, you never leave, yeah. like, at the end of a ski day with your homies, and they're like, you're fucking trash, see you later. Like, <laughs> right. Mm, I told Tony he's trash quite often. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's different. You don't have randos <laughs> telling you that. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't come down to the chairlift, and the lifty is like, what the fuck was that? You're awful. Like, <laughs> I did, um, when Dima and I first posted one of our, like, original edits, uh, somebody in the comments section was just like, yo, you there with the DPS skis? Get some ski lessons. You can clearly fucking afford it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, again, that's, that's online and also hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But yeah, it was pretty funny. It's like, yeah, he's right. I never got any ski lessons. <laughs> uh, but yeah, generally, just like I, yeah, just get back to the original thing. I I feel like they could de- like Riot in general could do a better job of. Kind of helping onboard people into the game. I mean, like, which Riot does not have a great track re- track record with. I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried to play League before, but like, I might shit's be trying fucking soon. impossible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have. Like, I, I I've tried to play the game because I'm like, oh, well, this is such like a popular, you know, PvP game. Like, it's got to be good, right? Or like, there's got to be a reason why people like it. I try to play the game. Like, it's it's so fucking unintuitive. 
yeah. and there's nothing there that like helps you play the game. I had to go watch like multiple hour long YouTube videos on how the fuck the game works, and even then, I still have no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I've I've realized that I've tried Dota two, but not League specifically before, and that's what I'm basing my experience off of. And I'm under the impression from what I've heard that League is somewhat more friendly to new players than Dota two. However, they're both very unfriendly. And one of the biggest things about those games that, like, requires a certain level of... Basically, it makes it much rougher for you um, uh, than Valorant when you're new, is that in Valorant, theoretically, at any point in the game, you could start popping off, things could click, you could find a strategy that's working, and you could, you know, get 3Ks, 4Ks, aces for the end of the game, end up with a good score, potentially swing the game in, in your team's favor, even if you suck for the first eight rounds of the game. Whereas, like, in League and Dota, I don't entirely understand how it works, but I'm quite confident from what I've heard that there's a significant aspect of your power growing throughout the game, such that if you suck in the first third of the game, there is no chance of you contributing much of anything at all in the end of the game. <laughs> Like, it, you you just have to play the rest of the game knowing that you're screwed if you know that much to know that that's the case. So, like, that's that's a big difference as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is an unfortunate. Like, in Valorant, at least there's a reset. Like, your economy right. can snowball, but if, if you do a save round, then you're reset, and now it's, like, kind of even again going into the next round. Yeah. Really hard to, like... And, like, admittedly, maybe I'm just not committing to this enough, but, like... It's really hard to get an op online in those situations. Oh yeah, I've had that exchange. Because experience. it's like they're oftentimes they're like you can full save and not be able to afford an op. Oh yeah. Um and then it's like, well, I'm not going to not buy with my team on the next round. Right? Yeah, you it would be like a four round plan of like I'm going to buy like Bulldog Light on our full buy. Mm -hmm. just because we're we're losing every round here we're probably like i'm gonna be better with the op and then you have to save again with your team and then you can afford the op after that yeah 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 it, it's just like it, it, it is really hard to get that to get that online when you're just like just losing rounds um because like it's something that i tried to do in that like the first lotus game where we just got blown out of the water on so it's like oh well like let me just get an like if i can get an op online right like maybe i can get a pick or two and we don't have a traditional op character on our team, so they might not be expecting it as much. They're definitely not going to be expecting the Cypher to be playing in front of his setup with an op. Right. Um, like, maybe I get some value here, and I was just never able to get it online. Um, yeah, I bought an op once in that game, and then I don't remember what, I, what kills I got with it, but I then died and then didn't bother saving again because of exactly what Cass was saying. You know, I just thought it would be higher percentage play to not do it. Yeah. Um, also, I suck with fucking bulldogs. So, like... I almost never buy a bulldog at this point. I I, I am yeah. better off with a marshal in my hands than a bulldog. I feel completely confident going into a full buy round with a bulldog. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah aware. I, Chase gets yeah. great value out of the bulldog. That's not overconfidence that Chase says. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think... I think I might rather have a sheriff in my hands over a bulldog. Ooh, now... That's, Mostly... That's a... Mostly just there, because yeah. I'm aware of what I can and can't, or, like, which duels I can and cannot take. Right. Right? Whereas I feel like the Bulldog gives me the confidence that I can take this duel, and I don't have 
the mechanical skill with a bulldog to back that confidence up. It's like, oh, I have a rifle. Sure, maybe instead of this being, like, a 50-50 is now, like, a 40-60. Or, like, I'm going into a gunfight and being like, oh, well, I have a a 60-40 gunfight. Like, I should take this. But because I've got a bulldog, it's now a 50-50. And then on top of that, I suck with a bulldog, so it's really, like, a 30-70. I just feel like the bulldog gives me a bad sense of these are gunfights I can take on. Um... Yeah, and I, I guess rather... that's similar to how I feel with the Bucky. Mm. In a way. Like, you, you feel like you can take a slightly longer range, you know, shot, and then you can't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and, and like, a lot of that just does come down to the fact that I just don't ever play with a Bulldog. Um, and I think TDM was great for getting, like, more weapons into the game. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I think it does a really good job of kind of, uh, you know getting people to use guns that they might not otherwise use. Um, but generally speaking, in round three of TDM, I'm going Guardian or I'm going Spectre. And there's no real place for the Bulldog, I find. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a gun that can punch above its weight if you get good with it, but it is kind of awkward if you're not in particular i just hate how the non-burst fire feels i hate the burst uh, the burst is where i get the vast majority of my kills i know yeah. and i hate how like unwilling hunt like specifically i hate how unwilling hunter is to use the not ads like hunter would be barrel stuffing somebody and will still be ads yeah, because I, um, I try to hold down the left click and the gun fires as if molasses is in the chamber. And, it, is, uh, it does fire kind of slowly. It does, and it's like inaccurate while also firing slowly. It's like, oh yeah. my god. You just have to get used to it a little bit more. But the, uh, oh, like, I, I feel it like a skill issue. when I first started using the Bulldog, I was also like ADS only. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of come away from that a bit more because at mid-range, it's just better to not be ADS. Um, but still, like, you can get, like, one bursts at, at long range and mid-range. Mm. So that is kind of the better option in a lot of scenarios still. Yeah, the Bulldog is really great. Uh, can definitely hang with the Phantom and Vandal at mid-range. Falls off a bit at long range and falls off hard at close range. Like, the Bulldog is definitely one of the worst guns in the game that's not a sniper at, you know, point-blank kind of scenarios. And that's the that's the real liability because as we've discussed at at length on this podcast, I seek out those fights quite a bit. Yeah. Also, God, you gotta you gotta do some op training, man. Whenever I'm spectating you and I watch you miss off, that, that is that like, is the op <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, Jack, God damn it, Hunter, I would hit that shot. <laughs> I've seen you miss plenty of op shots as well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I have missed plenty of op shots and myself. And I checked earlier today because I wanted to make sure it's still true, but I've got still gotten more kills per round than you with the op this uh, act. So you know, I, I definitely, I fully agree that I, I definitely want to be more consistent with it. And in general, recently, I've been too impatient of rushing my shots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely do want to improve. I don't have a lot of op kills to side. No. But, but you know... You've been playing Cypher a lot. I know, I have been. Yeah, but when you do buy the op, you get 0. 0.7 kills per round versus me with my 0. 
<laughs> so, you know. Okay, I have uh, two kills per round with a bulldog, actually. Wow. Uh, so that's one round that you bought a bulldog and got two kills? I'm going to be honest, I don't think I bought the bulldog. You just got a bulldog in a round. You I think you probably bought. Yeah. I think you probably bought the bulldog, and I had a marshal. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I got a retake." And Chase is dead. And there's a bulldog on the ground. Guess I'm taking the bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else you guys wanted to bring up here? Well, no, yeah, that, that's about all. Yeah, I, but I, I might have to hop a little bit more on Cipher just to take that stat line away from Hunter. Oh, I'm I'm constantly improving. You're not going to be able to catch me. <laughs> but <laughs> you I, I, to start locking Jet again. <laughs> I will say um, one uh, quick thing is that I just wanted to call out in a positive way our Discord that there were some really cool responses to our topic from last week about the uh, hard of hearing accessibility that the one quick idea that seemed so obvious that I don't know how we didn't think of it, just great of someone to bring this up, is what if all of the de- the uh, hearing I don't know if deaf is impolite to say these days, but either way, the hard of hearing accessibility features, if when those are on, they disable the game audio such that you, you know, anyone who is trying to use them for a competitive advantage who is, you know, uh, can hear perfectly well, like it doesn't, all of a sudden now there's this big trade-off. Where, where now they can't use the game sound, which, as we discussed, it's almost impossible to do anything that can give you as good of a picture of the surroundings than just using your ears if you're if you're able to do so. So, you know, that goes a long way towards helping. And then there were some a lot more detailed uh, ideas as well that probably would be a bit a long time to get into. And it would be better for you to just go to the Discord and read them yourself if you're interested. But some people yeah. had some really great. It was ideas. really cool. It was really cool to see that discussion. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I, anytime people use the Discord, I'm I'm stoked on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think Hunter Deaf is not impolite to say is just not as inclusive as hard as hard of hearing. Oh, because some uh, people because, might not be fully deaf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I think it is more saying like the from the accessibility standpoint, like it includes people who are not entirely deaf. Right, right. But would still be helpful for. Yeah, I, I, that's I should know that because I have two close <laughs> friends who are mostly deaf in one ear so yeah yeah it's, it definitely hmm. uh, applies to that as well yeah it's kind of like chase chase is blind in one eye i am what <laughs> yeah you didn't know that i, I did not know that great <laughs> 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 like legally uh, blind but you can still see stuff i can see and with correction i have or i at one point i had driving vision in that eye but not anymore probably w- with like isn't with uh like you know, with glasses? a with glasses or a contact or something uh which I, I wore glasses for a while and then i wore a contact for a while um but now i don't wear either of those so is that I mean, is it okay to have seen his glasses yeah <laughs> like one of them was just like totally normal and the other one was like fucking bulletproof glass well Whoa. yeah one of them was like a piece of glass like it had no vision correction in it at all and the yeah. other one was like massive so is that is that like is it okay to have your on your driver's license are you required to have corrective lenses on the one eye or is it okay to have No, because when I take my driver's license vision test I don't wear any correction. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, and if you can pass it without correction then you don't get the little like icon They on don't your do like the cover one eye to. thing for the No, it, okay. you're only required to have 20/40 vision with both eyes open. Got it, got it. Seems like a low bar. 2040? Yeah. 2040 is pretty good. Is to it? To be honest. Yeah. Huh. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's, like, decent vision. 
because like if especially you that, that, especially for aging adults, it that's is, what I was going to say. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like most people over the age of like forty five have vision that's degrading to some extent. Hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I like my eyes. My eyes work totally fine, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you ever want to hear something wild, hit me up in Discord to hear uh, about how LASIK works. If you don't know, because I, I've had it done, and I'm very glad I did. That procedure is insane. Does it, well, it just like shave the shape of your eyeball or something? Well, I'm not going to discuss it on pod for the simple yeah. reason that there have been several people I've told this to who it's kind of like ruined their day. <laughs> so oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to subject everyone to do that. I can tell you off pod if you want. Yeah. All right. Well, Chase, you want to wait us out of here? With that wonderful picture, we'll drink with you later. <laughs>